Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the Paddock Blues Podcast. You can find us on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash paddock blues or you can email us at paddockblues at gmail.com thanks for listening hello and welcome to the paddock blues podcast i'm jamie and tonight i'm joined by paul melinda and andy you okay all right mate hey very good very good how's everyone's uh weekend plans anyone got anything yeah, I'm going to the uh, Reminisce Festival I'm going on Saturday, so that should oh. be eventful. Looking forward to it, but I'm not looking forward to the crushing 83-day hangover after it. Like, but yeah, I'm looking forward Mate. to that. Like, should be good. I'm off work for the two out. weeks now, so here we go. The, the Altair Brothers doing boom, 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 mate. What, a, what an event that's going to be. Yeah, the Venga Boys is the one, like. Are they still coming? Boys. Yeah. All right. Everybody's Belinda? jumping. Um, what are you getting well, up to? So it's the well, it's the international break. So I may be going to see an older match. Oh, really? On Saturday. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I might be going to see that, and then Sunday, gonna do a hike, and then uh, yeah, that's that's all that your girls got on the agenda at the mo. So that's the worst ground I've ever been to. All right, cheers! Yeah, yeah I can't no, wait no, now. No, listen, I'm so excited. Listen, I, I went in January. It was when we played them in the FA Cup. We drew two all. It was freezing cold. It was raining. You had to park in the Asda car park or some something to get into the match. And he scored in the last minute. All the roof was leaking in and everything else. It was just a. It was eventful. Yeah, I was at that game as well. Like, because one of the one side of the stadium had been like knocked down. There was just literally like a terrapin that was like a makeshift gantry for the game, and like the wind and the like rain was coming in sideways. Well, we tuned up in that as well, Paul, and then we like conceded after about 10 minutes to go, and then in like the 95th minute. That as Matt well. Smith, remember him, the big giant of a centre forward, come on and score yeah. in the last minute. But we battered them in the replay, so it was all right. Tarkovsky was playing in that game for Oldham as well. Yeah. Oh, full circle. What about you, Jamie? You, uh, you up to much? Uh, I think I'm possibly going out Saturday. I play Fussy Sunday, so yeah, just a normal weekend, really. A normal, Very nice. Uh, stress free weekend, hopefully. No, Everton. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um but just going back to last Saturday, uh draw with Sheffield United. Now I've asked this question to a few Evertonians, so Melinda, I'll start with you. Is it two points dropped or a point gained in that game? Oh, it's hard, isn't it? Because I've seen it argued, I think, both sides of the map here. Um I, I I mean I think we really needed the three points. We did. Um 
But then again, a point's a point, you know, a draw is a draw. So I think, you know, we, we have to take the point to take, you know, positives from that match. Um, I just really, I, I think we would have done much better with three points. So me, I mean, I, I looked at it as I just said a point to point and we take it and we move on and we learn from it. But I said, said that on the last pot, pot. Oh my God, I can't even speak. I said this mm-hmm. on the last pod as well, that we, there comes a point in time where we have to start winning games. Like, so when is it going to be like, we, like, when do we say enough's enough and, you know, Oh, we'll learn from this experience and take what we learn from that and put it into the next match. Like how, how many times, how many times can we keep saying that really? I'm not drunk. I promise. I'm just really tired <laughs> and my words aren't making sense. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think we should have won that game. I, I do. But then again, I mean, I, I did rewatch the match and I, you know, Jordan Pickford made some absolutely unreal saves. And I think we were lucky to get a point at the same time. Um, so it is what it is. Three would have been nice, but we take the point. Yeah, well, Paul, I, I know on the last pod before this, you said it's a must not get beat. You know, it, it don't get beat sort of game. Do you still, did you still feel like that after the full time? Or was it, you know, what an opportunity missed sort of thing? Yeah, I said it was a must not lose, didn't I? But uh, yeah, that... I, I don't know. I just think I think Sheffield United are absolutely terrible. No offense to them, but I think we were just as terrible. Yeah, you can point to uh, chances missed, and I think if Dan Juma had the right boots on in the first half, we fill our boots there big time. We go in about at least four one, four two up. Maybe he could sort himself out. But I don't know. I'm just frustrated watching Everton at the moment. I've been arguing with my dad, like a couple of days afterwards, because my dad was like, "Oh, I thought we played all right there. The signs there." I'm just not happy, me. I'm just not happy with the way we play. I have to be honest. Like I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just fed up of not winning. I think it's the not winning thing. It's just I'm a bit fed up of it now that we so we seem to be sort of accepting that playing like that is is okay. And for me, it's not. But is it a point gained or two points dropped? I think it could have went either way. The game, that chance at the end. I mean, we could imagine if that would have went in. Jesus. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, I'd say two points dropped. We need to be beating teams like that. Sorry. Yeah, no, especially teams in and around us that, yeah. that are going to be in and around us. Um, Andy, would you sort of share the same view with the guys? It is two points stopped or we go on that. Well, the rot's been stopped. Uh, it's a point before the international break. Yeah, it, it depends on which way you look at it, doesn't it? I mean, you, you focus on that triple save by Jordan Pickford at 96, 97 minutes. You, you know, you got to be happy with the point because... You know, that's it's a miracle that, that he's managed to keep that out of the back of the net. On the other side of it, you've got to, you know, as Paul rightly says, you've got to be going to Sheffield United, especially with the start of the season we've had and trying to get three points. Um, my, it's difficult to say because I, I understand what Paul's saying there about it's not good enough for us. We should be, we should be demanding more and we should be expecting more and we should do. However, it's a team that played Manchester City the week before. Man City got a, an 88-minute winner. I know that we didn't take our chances, but we got in behind them so many times, particularly in the first 60, 70 minutes. I thought we looked a little bit tired the last 20 minutes, to be honest. But again, it's another game where we've created enough chances where we could have won the game twice, really. Um, so I think if you want to look for positives, there are positives there. Whilst again, I don't agree that it's good enough for Everton. When you look back at where we've been over the last two years under Benitez, Lampard and under Sean Dyche, we've been watching really, really turgid football. Like, I think if you look at where uh, 
if you're looking at Everton now about what you want them to be and where we want to get to, yeah, it's not good enough. Can you see signs that things are a bit better than they have been at times in the last couple of years? Yeah, I think there are signs there that you can say say yes to that. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think we get we get seem to be getting the balance right. I mean, it's just like when we get the, we saw the attack out, then the, the defense goes to shit. We saw the defense out, and the attack goes to shit. It's just like just doesn't seem to be any sort of balance for me. Like, and that's what I've seen. It's silly mistakes. It's costing us goal. I mean, you can't legislate for that second goal. I mean, that's just a freak goal, but. It's the way they got in for that second goal. It's just, it's too yeah, easy. It, it's just it was three easy. or four, three or four simple direct passes, and their new eighteen million pound striker's got a free hit from 23, 24 yards out. So, yeah, you were spot on there, Paul. Whilst it, he had a good game. It's lucky the way. the way it goes in. Yeah, but I think he's just he's just a, he's a natural finisher, isn't he? I think he yeah. showed that with the goal he scored, and obviously the the one that he. I mean, to be fair, it's unlucky that he goes down as an own goal. He should get all the credit for that still. But yeah, no. They did, they did manage to get through as similar to what Aston Villa did, but obviously Aston Villa had the class to punish us a lot more than what Sheffield United did. Yeah, well, well, then I'm just going to ask you something. Do we, do we look a lot? I know we are obviously stats wise and stuff like that, but we just look a lot more shaky at the back now. If I was to say to you, you didn't know the result, but I'd said to you, Everton have scored two goals away from home. You under Sean Dice, you'd think we'd probably have won the game. No. To let them score two goals, um, I just think I I just think he was brought in to sort of stop the goals and maybe snatch a one nil. Just seems every game we're letting two three in. I know when a Wolves and was only one and Fulham was only one, but I don't know. I just feel like we're very shaky at the back. What would you think on that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's it's funny because what Paul said it's exactly what I was kind of thinking. It's almost like you fix one part of the the team and then the other part falls to shit. So then you try to go to go back and fix that part of the team. And then that part falls to shit. And I don't know why we just can't get like consistent cohesiveness within this team where we're, where they're all doing what, what they should and need to be doing to work together. Kind of like a well-oiled machine, but it's like they go and fix one part of the machine and then the other part conks out so they go try and fix that part and then and I, I don't know what it is I don't know why it seems to be we're cursed this way but it's just it's it's it, it, it I don't I don't know why I don't know why I don't know what's working I don't know if Tarkovsky and, and Branthway need need more time or um I mean I, I know Tarkovsky and Young are very very competent and and you know they're very seasoned in what they do but I don't know if it's just been a lot of change in the back as well that's also not helped the team um I just think there's, honestly, Jamie, I don't know. Like, it's just, yeah, it's it's hard, isn't it? So I think it's, I think a lot of factors really is, there's a lot of change. There is lack of consistency. Um, A lot of unknown, I think, as well, probably on the player front, because, I mean, well, I'm sure we'll get into it. There's lots of changes in the squad, isn't there? Now our squad is looking quite thin. So that's going to put pressure on the players that are representing Everton, you know, and they go on that pitch every week for us. So, that's also got to be in the back of their mind as well. We only have one point in four. That's not great. So I, I, we always do talk about mental health. And I think that's also maybe they're putting a lot of extra pressure on themselves as well. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of factors that, you know, we have to kind of consider. Yeah, 100%. Paul, um, did you have anything to add to that? What's the defence? Yeah, I've just... Um... Nobody's going to like it. And this is not me coming for him. I think James Tarkovsky's getting away with murder at the moment. Absolute murder because of how poor Michael Keane's been and stuff. Uh, yeah, 
I just mm. I do. I just I think he switched off a few times for that first goal. I could probably point the finger at him for that as well. It's just he's just stood there watching that uh, what's it, McBurney? He used to be tighter to him. Or do something with him. I don't know, but maybe he's struggling with he's a left sided centre back and he's being asked to play on the right side. Now people mightn't think that's a big thing, but it is. If you if you're used to playing in a certain position that's and then you'd ask to play somewhere else on the other side and yeah, I just think he's getting away with it at the moment, Tarkovsky. I think the captain's armband's a bit of a what's it called around his neck at the moment. Like it's just a, yeah. So but and I think I think the fullbacks are easy to get out as well. I've been saying it all season about Patterson and Young as well. I'm starting to have any doubts there as well. And I'll shut up now because I'm too negative. But I just think defensively we are actually all over the place at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Andy, would you Sean Dyson brought in to you wouldn't say this. You wouldn't think this was a, a team that was under the sort of the stewardship of Sean Dice. You know, defenders all over the place, not knowing where to sort of stand, whether to go to players. You'd think we'd be solid. Is this players yeah. or is this down to him focusing too much on getting the ball in the net and rather keeping it out? It's a difficult one. I mean, I think Tarkovsky has had a really poor start to the season. I think... Last season was kind of what I expect Tarkovsky to be, you know, very good in the majority of the games, outstanding in a couple and have a couple of shockers in there. That's why he's at the level that he's at, is that he, he, he's not, he is capable of having a poor game. But in the main, very, very good and deservedly our player of the year last season. I mean, what kind of worries me is that Sean Dyche came into the club before we played Arsenal. First game that we did played against Arsenal, you could see how organised he got them really, really quickly five days work, you could see them buying into what his methods were and it seems like we've gone backwards now and I don't know whether it's because the players don't necessarily believe in him I don't know, is it all the noise from outside the club, is it that affecting the players, but in terms of, you know, I said this after the Aston Villa game when you're somebody, if you appoint Sean Dyche, you expect teams going to be well organised, difficult to break down, hard to beat and if you're not those things then what, what's Sean Dice bringing to the table? So, yeah, it is concerning. And, you know, but he's got a he's got a track record of doing it over a long period of time in the toughest league in the world. Um, Burnley have had, you know, when he was at Burnley, nothing was playing sailing for them. They went down one season and came back up. I'm not saying that it would be okay for us to go down. We're not Burnley, we're Everton Football Club. But what I'm saying is that he's not a manager that I think can lose the dressing room and then, or lose go through a bad run of form and not turn it around or get the players back because he's proven before that he can do. I just, yeah. uh, just I, I, this is not knocking anyone, but I just don't, I just don't like the fans, the fact that our fans are getting off on the fact that we're nearly there. The fact is we're not there. We're nearly winning games, but we're not. You know, we nearly won again on Saturday, but we didn't. We nearly beat Fulham, but we didn't. We nearly beat, we go through like that the rest of the season, we get relegated. Well, well got, you've got to turn I, them into wins. That, that That's kind of, what what I was getting at before, yeah. Paul, like to sort of piggyback onto that is like, you know, oh, you know, we we take the point, and you know, even seeing players like, yes, I do love the positivity because everyone knows I'm miss positive. Like, you know, I, I'm not going to deny that. Like, I do try and look always on the bright side of things and glass half full, whatever you may, however you want to put it. But there does come a, a point in time where you have to go, okay, put your foot down. What are we going to get a win? Like, when is it going to start happening? Because we can't keep saying, oh, we'll learn from this. And, you know, it's a point gain. And yes, like, you know, you're that that's true. But at the same time, you can't win or you can't stay in, in the top flight of football if you're going to be getting draws every week. Like, it's yeah. just, it's not possible. So 
yeah, we have to start asking ourselves that question as, you know, Andy so rightfully just said, what, what is Sean Dyche bringing to the table? Yeah, no, I, I what, just, what, yeah. like what's going on here? Like, I, I think, and then there's other dramas that drama FC likes to put out there, distract us from major issues. Like what the hell is actually going on at this football club? We were so on them last season. We were doing the protests. We we're getting out there and all things like that. And it's just now it, it, that's just crumble because there's other things going on. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is we're, we're not winning games. We're, we're not getting points and we are already four games in and we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I'll say it again. I, I, I've said that on a few pods since the beginning of the season. I don't think you could handpick a better four fixtures than the ones I've been given at the, at the <laughs> beginning of the season. I honestly really don't. And we've come out of it with, listen, we were we were one save away from, from losing a, a game of football again. And I know we've got to look at the positives and I, I, we can't be sacking managers. And I understand all that, but I, 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 this is what I was arguing with my dad. Over. My dad was going, well, you know, you can see it. We're nearly there. I'm sorry. That's not a, that's a bad impression of my dad, by the way. <laughs> Give me a slap around the back of the head. But he'll, I'm Sorry, Simon. We're not, yeah, but we're not. But we're not that. We're, we're not. We're not there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but you can see it though. I'm sick of just being able to see it. Do it. That's where I'm at with it all at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Nearly men. Just a team full of nearly men. I'm. I'm curious to get your input and your thoughts on. Do you think it was a point gained, or do you think it was two points lost? Um. For me, honestly, it's a mad one because at the beginning of the game. If you'd have offered me a draw, I'd have been like, all right, okay. But yeah. when you're getting beat 2-1 away from home to a team that also hasn't won a game, um, it is, you know, they're, they're probably, the Sheffield United fans are probably walking out going, that's two-point stop. So I think both sides, both fan bases were, were thinking the same thing. But at home, definitely two-point stop. But the Pickford save at the last minute, that makes it a point gained, if that makes, it, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it does. That's does fair, it? that's you know, fair, if yeah. you're, if you're throwing the kitchen sink at them with 10 minutes to go and you've hit the bar and the post and everything, they're keeping at the worldy, then yet you go, how have we not beat them? Mm. But the simple fact is, they did that to us. So we've just yeah. got to go, you know what? We've got away with that. Let's just get out at of here. At the end of the game, the I was like, when that happens, that incident, well, especially, I don't know where the referee got the extra few minutes from. It was that, we'll come on to the referee in a minute, won't we? What yeah. was that? But I was just like, please <laughs> blow the whistle. I was happy with a point in that yeah. moment, but then I dissected it. Listen, I... Maybe I think I'm I, I'm watching Real Madrid and not Everton. I don't know what it is. I'm just sick of not winning football games. It, it's pissing me off big time. Like, if we're going to talk about that that referee, if his mum and dad are listening to the podcast, they need to switch off now because he's getting it worse than Michael Keane. He's <laughs> shite. You just, walk, you just can walk into <clears> the <throat> fucking sea with him. <laughs> but before we go so we'll, I just want to touch on a few players that, you know, performance battle Premier League debut. Uh, what do we think of that, Paul? Do we think he was what we expected him to be from the Doncaster game, or what? Where would you go really with that? I thought he was really good. He's nice, robust. Gives us something to hit. He's a as he's played. You can see that he's actually. He was saying in the commentary that he's actually been played out on the wing, and you could see that in the first half. He got the ball down the left a few times, and he just ran at them. And he he's better with the ball than people would think. Looking at him, you'd say he's not that good with the ball, but he is. He's actually he actually keeps hold of it really well. He played a part in the second goal. Yeah. He's better with the ball, isn't he? Boom. Hey! Get out. But, Noah, listen, Andy, you, before we signed him, were telling me how fast he was and that you've watched him in pre-season and you've scouted him and 
all this. No, you you, you knew of him, didn't you? Where we, <laughs> I didn't. I've got to be honest. I was naive. I didn't know anything about the lad. I know he comes from Udinese. Is he sort of hitting what you knew he was going to hit, or did you think he sort of like, well, I didn't think he had this in him? No, he, to be fair, he's performing exactly how I would hope he would. Um, I didn't necessarily think he'd do it straight away. Um, we see it all the time. You can you can watch players like in playing different leagues, and they can take a time to adjust to the Premier League. But he's absolutely fearless. Like. Um, like he can look a little bit awkward at times. He's a little bit yeah. all arms and legs, but I think Richarlison had a little bit of that about him as well, in the sense that when he he does everything at a hundred miles an hour, and when you do that, you can look a, a, a little bit like that, and and it gives off the impression, like Paul said, that they're not as comfortable and not as clever on the ball as what they actually are. Um, and I think you know having a player with that size, that strength. Coupled with, you know, like I say, that pace over five or ten yards is really explosive. And and I, yeah. <clears throat> I said to you, then I just before he came in, you know, this ex- this sign is the most exciting I've been about a signing since James Rodriguez. So and Touchwood, he goes on from strength to strength for me, mate. Incidentally, it, it was three years ago today we signed James Rodriguez. Oh my gosh! Stuff. Literally. I got into work and I opened Twitter and I saw that tweet and I was like, can you just let me have a sip of my coffee before I start crying? Thank you very much. Like, Let me live my life in peace. Thank you. you know, so reminding you us of what's going to be. I know we're going off on one of you, but did you see your stats at, at, mm-hmm. at Everton? And you, yeah. you, you, you listen to like people on Twitter and go, you only played about five games for Everton. You was never available. Like played 26 times. Played oh, 26 sorry, times in a season, in a 38-game season. Oh, it's that's what that, it was, Yeah. <clears throat> Someone George said something Ray, about um don't know what the tweet was, but basically he's he's accomplished more than Wolby's accomplished, I think, in like yeah, how yes. many years he was with us, right? So it just puts it into course, yes. puts it into perspective, doesn't so it? The best, player, the best player I've never seen. Yeah, and all of us that mate. So if it's three years to the day since we signed him, that means it's three years and two days since I was scouring the internet to check the gym floor of the Titanic and match it up to photos of him on Instagram. That's how invested I was at that time yeah. improving that he was in the country going to sign for us sad times but Melinda time, but we'll talk about him Melinda um, are you excited yes. by Beto when you, see, when you watch him you think you know what when this kid clicks and the team click around him it, it is going to go for him isn't it absolutely you know what even Seeing his celebration, uh, you know, uh, for when he played it, uh, the when we were playing Doncaster, like he just already, just oh God, he just got me already. I was like, oh, I'm gonna start <laughs> weeping like a wee little bitch. Um, but I, yeah, he's just like, I think he already gets us. He knows what the club's about, of course, because you know he um has a history of of knowing the club, doesn't he? So, um, I just think he's, I think he's gonna be brilliant for us. To be fair, you know, that was his first. Premier League match wasn't it so we have to give yeah. him a bit I think you know a bit of time but I already think he I, I agree with Paul I, I think he was brilliant I think for a lot of his size I think he is very quick um he's very controlled as well um when he's on the pitch um and I think he's just going to get better and better improve improve on himself so um yeah I'm very excited uh by him and that's the thing right I mean I, I know I started the pod a little bit of doom and gloom and saying you need to get wins and you know, everyone's like, oh, they'll come, they'll come and we're learning and, you know, we'll take yeah. the point, we'll learn from it. And like, as much as it is frustrating that we didn't 
get three points we did get one and Jamie that was perfect the way that you put it about considering the that save there at the end I mean Jordan mother effing Pickford oh my god what would we, what would we do without him seriously that was just absolutely insane um, his middle name's actually Lee Melinda it's not it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not anymore Andy it's not anymore okay um <laughs> but uh yeah no I I and I just think I think goals will come. I mean, and everyone knows I'm positive. So I do, I do try and see the best in things, but I do think he knows what, what he needs to do. And, and I think he will deliver those, those goals, him and Dan Juma. I'm, everyone knows, everyone knows I have my own opinion. About I was very skeptical at the beginning and very, yeah, I was very like, oh yeah, Mr. Snake. Okay. I wonder who the snake is around here. Well, <laughs> but, well, uh, no, I'm very excited by by Beto and and then Juma actually now just seeing the way that they they were in, in that match as well sort of to, together looks like they kind of already have a good relationship so um yeah very very excited I'll, I'll, stay, I'll stay with you Melinda then for Dan Ooh, Juma. okay <laughs> he got he did get himself on the score sheet which again you know yeah. scored against Doncaster he scored against Sheffield United it's yeah. something that we need a striker to score in games it sounds mad it sounds so plain and obvious but we do um yeah. He took his goal well. He got in the right position. He, he looks like he's getting sharper with his game, doesn't he? Oh, 100%. And I also think, I get that kind of thing from Dan Juma that I've, I felt that from a few players where I think the more goals he gets, the more confident he'll get and the sharper mm-hmm. he will become. So I really feel that from from him. So, yeah, I think it's a bit of a confidence thing with him as well. I, th- I think he likes getting goals. I think he likes... De- delivering for the club he's already spoken very highly of, of Everton Football Club so um it's it's nice to to hear that um from someone who initially swerved us just kidding love you Dan Juma if you're listening um but uh, no very lucky and grateful to have him because he's already bagged two for us so I mean can't hate him can we um and I do think definitely he yeah I think he's gonna get much much sharper now, now he's got you know Beto there as well right so I think that's that's a positive because he's quite a presence someone I mean I think as well it'll be interesting to see when Calvert-Lewin comes back when he's fit as well to see that relationship and that kind of dynamic as, as well I'm not really sure how how that would actually play out um mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm interested to, to see how that would go as well so yeah well Paul do you think that will work with Beto and Dan looks it looks like it's already sort of clicking they only played two games together, but looks like they've sort of played with each other for a while. Um, even in the interview against Doncaster, it looked like they had a little bit of chemistry. Um, Dan Juma had been in the country for about 48 hours since then. Do you think that's <laughs> it's better? Sorry, he'd been in the country for 48 hours at that point, but do you think that's a positive going forward that Everton, or do you think that's just what these, these two games? No, I think it is a positive going forward. I think Dan Juma is a Gonna get sharp. You can see his touch is just off just a little bit at the moment, but you know, he got an injury just before the season. He's come back straight away and they put him in. Uh yeah, go he is all about goals. He got a lot of goals for Villarreal. Um it's nice to have options, isn't it? You'd have him and Beto and then you've made you got Jack Harrison to come back and you've Calvert Loon. Oh, they could strike up right. a partnership and you've got McNeil coming back in and uh-huh. Yeah, and it's so it's it's nice to have options. I mean, I've seen the blues on um Twitter, you know, we all love Twitter, don't we? The old, <laughs> the old ex app talking about it. Well, that's the end of Calvert Lewin. Now we need to sell him. Why? Come why on, do we it. need to sell him? But tell me why. Please tell me why that we need to sell him because we've got another striker. We've been crying out for a striker for two years, and now we've got two. And he's saying, "I oh, will get rid of one." Yeah, give your head a wobble. 
Mate, if somebody exactly. wants to come coming in off a, you know, peak Dominic Calvert Lewin value of eighty five million quid, then I'd take it in the risk that his body might break down. But no one's going to do that because at the end of the day, he's not been fit much in the last two years. So you'd have to let him go for an absolute pittance. Why? Like <clears throat> Dominic Calvert Lewin still has the ability to be a world class footballer, and it just needs just need you know now Beto's there. There's no pressure on him to rush himself to get fit get him involved and Beto will take the pressure off him and as you said before Paul you can see why Beto can actually whilst his physique doesn't necessarily say it he play can wide. play out wide yep, so definitely. gives you options for different games and you know for some you, Everton are going to be in a position a lot of times this season after 60 minutes where they're either a goal down or it's nil-nil or 1-1 and your game plan that you start games with is going to be very different because you need a goal to get that win, get an equaliser or, you know, whatever it may be. So having the ability to have two of those on, <clears throat> a Dwight McNeil putting in quality balls into the box with them two, you know, I can't imagine there'd be a lot of um, a lot of centre-hours in the country like looking at the prospects of that and enjoying it. So, and also, you know, you're forgetting that Calvert-Loon can play right-back. Ronald Koeman played in there. Yeah. So if we ever need a right back, we just throw Carl Lewin in there. He can do a cracking job for us. Yeah, one That's game, fair, one assist, yeah. three points. We'll take it, Paul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is an option, though. You're at, you'd say bring Carl Lewin back in. I don't think we can write him off. I mean, he deserves a little bit more from us than that as a fan base. I, I know he's injured and I know it's frustrating and that all the time, but nice to have better options in it. I mean, you look at the bench and you go, who do we bring on? It'd be nice to have a Carl, fully fit Carl Lewin sitting there, wouldn't it? And you could yeah, put, bit, maybe yeah. put him out wide or you could put Beto out wide or just throw the pair of them up front. They'd be an absolute handful for any team. So, oh, nice yeah, options yeah. to have, Defo. 100%. But there's a player I want, you, I want to get his opinion on. Um, I think he splits the fan base, me personally. And and they'll come to you first, Anana. Now, I think he, people either like him or they want rid. But what, no, where, do you, where do you stand on him? I'm a big Anana fan. Um, my only criticism is is that he does he can go missing in games, but I don't think he's played under two different managers. Probably he's always played centre midfield, but he's played all the different varieties of that role, whether it be a six, a ten, an eight. Um, and people forget, I think, because he's such a tall lad, such a big physique, he's still a really young lad. I think he's only just turned twenty-one. Before he came here, like he had a year in France where he only started twelve games. I think. Because we can see how good he can be when he's very good, I think people obviously demand that all the time. But I mean, the Doncaster game was a perfect case in point. He was too good for the rest of the Everton players on that pitch. He was playing the right balls, and the players just couldn't read him. They didn't make the right runs, not the right movement. Um, and his range of passing is superb. And for whatever reason, it seems to go completely unnoticed by a lot of fans. Um, but he was getting the ball, spraying it all over the shop against Sheffield United, picking, you know, picking out players into perfect passes and creating, you know, he's doing that ball before something exciting happens, but him switching it quickly. So um, I do think we need to find a permanent role for him within that team so we can grow into it and own it. And he does need to, I wanted to see him step up in games when it's not quite going the right way for us. But I think, I think the lad's going to be a world-class player. Yeah, Paul, you said he's like Marmite, um, which is true, he is. And do you, what, do you like it or do you hate it? I hate Marmite, but I like 
I'm going to do Onana. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just think it's it's just, listen, I'm not bashing our fans because I'm sure every fan base is, is the same, but we can only comment on our own team. I just think if we were winning games and we were high up on the table, all that hands up to the crowd and come on that he does, we'd all absolutely love it. But because we're not, it annoys us. Because we're not winning games and you see people call them a cheerleader and all that. But I guarantee if we're in a five-game winning streak and we beat Arsenal and he's doing that to the Gladys seat, he'd be like the next Duncan Ferguson. Everyone would absolutely love him. So it's just a... They need, I don't know. I like him as a player, me personally. Like I think he's good. I, I think what Andy said spot on. I just don't think he's got anybody around him who can sort of read the way he plays. Maybe he's a little bit too good for the players around him sometimes. You get what I mean? But... I think you throw him in a city team next to that Rodri or someone like that, he'd just be unbelievable because he'd just do all the all the shitty work for him. But uh, he was my man of the match, Sati. Onana. I think Pickford probably gets it at the end because of that save and Brantwaite yeah. had a good game. But Onana, for me, I just thought he ran the game. I, d- I don't think he could handle him, Sheffield United. I think he just gave up with him in the end. They didn't know what to do with him. Yeah, Melinda, do you think that's, that is Amadou Onana? Do what, just do what you did on Saturday? be a handful, be the boss of the midfield. You know, he probably is going to come up against midfielders that will get the better of him, but he can't go missing, can he? He's got to keep doing what he did on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Like when Andy said that point, actually, it kind of resonated with me because there are times where I've watched him and I then I'm like, I forgot he was on the pitch, like he was in the yeah. starting 11, you know? So I have had that, but not not so much recently. Um, I, I do I do think, you know, the lads there were spot on with what they said. I I think sometimes maybe he's just a bit too just maybe just a bit too much for for what's going on around him and, and they just can't keep up or or you know the play is just not going the way that it should be and you know maybe he might be getting a little bit internally frustrated as well as a player you know who knows that could be happening as well um but yeah I definitely think we've got some fixtures coming up so I don't think he can afford to sort of back down and sort of sink into the role what's going on around him I think they need to start stepping up and sort of coming to his level you know so I, I think um I, I I love him I absolutely love him I think he's brilliant on and off the pitch I think he's brilliant for the club I think he's brilliant to the fans um he loves us so much he was so cute when he got the little hard hat on and he went to the the new um the the, the, the Bradley Moore dot the new stadium and I was just like I just love him. Like you, you, you can't not love the guy. You got to remember um, how old he is as well, Melinda. He's only a I know, kid, isn't he? He's that, only young. Exactly. He's so young. He's got so much to learn still. But already at this point in his career, I, I, I think he's, I think he's great. So, yeah, I think no, as well, Jamie is, as well. I think as well against Doncaster when Beto scored that goal when Decore put him through, and I said this on the pod after it. There was like a little break in play. I think Michalenko went down. And you could see Onana talking to Beto and Decore as it's say that that's what I've been trying to say to you all this time. Just run, make the run. Yeah. And I think that's what Andy was saying. No, there's there hasn't been anybody on the pitch who, who can do that, you know what I mean? Calvert Loon, when he plays, is not that type of striker, you know what I mean? He's a yeah. more than your six yard box type striker, you know, a poacher. But now that he's he'll have a, a willing runner ahead of him, this comes back to Beto again. You might see the best of Onana because he has got some passing range on him, like he does, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, he has. But, but it, Paul, you from sorry, Melinda. I was just gonna ask you, Jamie, what's uh, um, what's your opinion on Amadou Anana? Uh, just pretty much what you have said. You know, we've got to find his best position. Hmm. Um, I've said, I think I said that on a few pods ago where you know, we we we've been desperate for a striker, we're all saying, Oh, we need a striker, we need to get a striker in, but we're asking a midfielder to play without one. 
Yeah. So true. you know you, you've got to sort of compensate with that. Yeah, he does go missing in games. There's no getting away from that. He can do a lot more than sometimes he does. Um, but we can't just write him off. The kid's young. He's come yeah. from he's come from France. He's had one full season in the Premier League. And I was being funny or not, but he would love being here. If you want to go, all he'd leave. Yeah, of course he'd leave. He'd all leave. But he hasn't kicked. He hasn't cruised through his own tram. He hasn't gone. I want to leave and go play Champions League football. He says the right things in interviews. He looks like he gives. He looks like he likes playing for Everton. So I think we've just got to sort of not build around him because I think if you build around him, he could go next summer. But play yeah. to his strength. Just play to the kid's strength and see what he can do. It was nice to see someone go away with Belgium and do an interview and speak respectfully about Everton, wasn't it? It makes a change. I enjoyed that one. Thanks, Emily. I think he's just a very patient lad. He knows that the Champions League eventually will come for him. He's not stupid, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. He's not gonna he's not gonna go there and go, listen, this I'm using Everton as a stepping stone. He knows how to keep the fans on side. It's just very mature of him. I was so, about to say that, Paul. He seems yeah. like a, honestly, I forget sometimes how young he actually is because he conducts himself in such a way he's so mature for his age. Yeah. Am I am I, I wrong this... in saying he's captain Belgium at one point? I think it went he, he threw him the armband and went some on the off, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean, but at, yeah, at yeah. one point he's like, he has water, yeah. Yeah. As well, I think football can change like really, really quickly. You know, Everton's a massive football club, and I don't just say that because I support them. But at the moment, we're not attractive to be at. Back-to-back relegation battles, loads of shit going off off the pitch. We don't know if we've got a pot to piss in money-wise. But Newcastle, not even two years ago, they had an owner that they hated. They had a manager that they hated. They were in the bottom three of the Premier League. Now, granted, a lot of that's turned around due to a massive owner. But there's no one... No, no one at Newcastle is using them as a stepping stone. Because of the money that's been invested straight away, they're already in the upper echelons. So we've just got to hope and pray that these good players that we do have, before we do have to say, oh, we understand, see you later, move on, you know, let's hope somebody comes in, gives us a load of money and before we move into this new stadium and touch wood, we can focus on building a team around players like Anana. Paul, I just... Want to get your opinion on a couple of players that have come under a lot of criticism? Not a lot of criticism, but criticism with the fan base in Patterson and Young. Now, fullbacks in the Premier League are vital. They're vital. They're a massive part of any team. We just don't have them at the moment, do we? Uh, no, I think it's a weak, a weak link for Everton at the moment. Patterson and Young, like, uh, expected more from Ashley Young. Got to be honest, did expect a little bit more from him. Uh, yeah. make some silly mad decisions which you wouldn't think from a, pl- a player with his experience would make still think Patterson is very weak defensively although I thought he had a better game on Saturday uh, but he had a dodgy first half but yeah, it's a bit of a weak weak spot for Everton at the moment yeah definitely full back like yeah. Melinda what would you change first would you change Patterson or would you change Young first oh Really, the answer yeah. to probably the question I'm asking you is: Would you put Coleman in, or would you put Michalenko in? <laughs> I put Coleman in, one hundred percent. So I was going to ask you guys: When is he? Uh, when is he going to be fit? Do we know what's going on with Coleman? Because uh, we need him. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think um, if Coleman was fit, I, I, I would bring it back in. Yeah, no just to just yeah. to strengthen it up a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think Patterson as well. He's only a kid, isn't he? You've got to remember that, and yeah. we've, we are, we, you know, we're right, we've got every right to 
criticise these footballers. You know, we've all said our own pods. Big Paul, you said it as well. That we're not going after the man. We're going after the player. Yeah, yeah. Um, he wears the Everton shirt, and we're allowed to criticise what he does on that on the pitch. Off the pitch, I don't care what you do. Um, but I just think we've got to sort of get that sorted at fullback. We really yeah. have because it's a massive part. Not only going forward, but defensively, that's where teams like the likes of Arsenal. Saka and Martinelli on two sides. You're worried about that because you're thinking, oh my God, we've got two fullbacks that, as Paul just said, can't really defend at the moment. Yeah. I think once McNeil comes back, you'll you'll see McNeil playing on the right to give Patterson the support that he needs because if you're the opposition manager, you would target Patterson at the moment. That's it. That's, listen, me, play too much football manager, but I would not say have a go <laughs> with that, that fullback there defensively. He's just, he's not with it. I, I'll stick by that until he proves me wrong. I'm not writing him off, I swear to God, I'm not. Sounds like a comfort player. I think he has got a lot of potential. He will be a good player. But at the moment, as it stands, he's definitely a weak link in Evans' defence for me. Yeah, no, agreed. Like, I mean, I think you've put it perfectly. Sort of, you know, he's had a few really key moments. Like, you know, he he made that pass um, that got us a goal, right? In in was it was it Doncaster? He passed it to um, Sheffield had- United. Oh, is it? Well, was it United? Sorry, I'm getting the wrong. Yeah, yeah, to Danjumi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, so he's had a few pivotal key moments but I mean when it comes to doing his actual job defensively it's just not working out is it so no. yeah it's there's massive gaps there so yeah we need to definitely strengthen that and hopefully we, you know, we can't now can we until January so we've sort yeah. of got to stick by them and when Coleman comes back he can he can slot back in yeah. um but I just want to it's crazy on... in it sorry mate it's crazy in it though that you, you you're desperate for the how old's Coleman? Yeah. How old 35. is he? 35? Nearly as old as me. Age is <laughs> just a number. Yeah. It's not the one that we're actually looking for him to come back. And it, it's going to take him a while as well, even when he comes back, isn't it? But, I know uh, it will. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. I, I could sit here and be like, you know, I'll slot him right back in, but we know we can't do that. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not practical. It's asking a lot, it? isn't it? It is asking it is. a lot. Like... Remember, but just remember this time last season, though. Sorry, Grant, go on. I was just going to say, just with Patterson, a lot of his strong form and the reason why Everton bought him was his performances for Scotland so yeah. hopefully going away with them for a couple of games if he plays well for them builds a bit of confidence up hopefully we'll see you know a player slightly better when he comes back so Melinda we'll, I just want to talk about who's, well, who got Paul's man of the match but I'll just come to you first on yours but I want to touch on him first because I think it should who I think it should be Jordan Pickford now you asked it before at the beginning of the pod where would we be without him I will die on the hill at Jordan Pickford and I'll say it on this podcast and you can clip it you can watch it you can listen to it is a world class goalkeeper so if anyone wants to come and go he's not he, make, he doesn't he does. He makes mistakes every now and then I've said that now haven't I but what I just I could go on all day so Melinda what, what's your sort of opinion on Jordan Pickford it me with it. We would be relegated without Jordan Pickford. And I will die on that hill 100%. I've seen people say that's ridiculous, this and that, blah, blah, blah. He's average at best. You have no idea what you were talking about. You know, I've even seen the show. Oh, he's always so good for England. Don't know what happens when he plays for Everton. He needs to improve there. You clearly don't watch yeah, Everton they don't play watch then, Everton. do you? you they don't no. watch and they can sit there and, 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 and <laughs> fair enough and, and spew these absolutely ridiculous shouts. Completely agree with you. 
Jamie, he's he's a world class goalkeeper, and we would be, we would be we would be gone out of the top flight of football if it was not for Jordan Pickford. Absolutely, um, he was absolutely the man of the match for me. He made some unreal saves, just as he has done seasons before. Um, and he's not respected; he's not appreciated for for what he does, um, which I think is just horrible. But it's just the it just goes to show you because he's associated with Everton how how much he's just disrespected in the media it's just it's it's absolutely ridiculous if that was any other club like and he was making saves like that it it would be it just people would have so much respect for him I think you know but because it's Everton I just I can't get my head head around it but yeah no absolutely he's he's my my man of the match I mean he usually is my man of the match to be fair so (laughs) nothing new there but I know he was absolutely brilliant and yeah he's he's absolutely world-class in my opinion I think a lot of opposing fans have a problem with him as well because he's got a personality like when he makes he made that save the other day I thought it was hilarious he was led on the ground and like there was like stunned silence from like how he's managed to keep that out and he's just got a big grin on his face turning around going like you know making the chef's kiss like yeah that was a Fucking bell to save that, weren't it? And <laughs> opposition fans, like we, I, I love it, but opposition fans, they don't like it. It winds them up. But yeah, like I, I don't, I think Melinda's absolutely right in the fact he's unappreciated. I don't yeah. like it. See, I, I love it personally. I, like it. I, I love it, and it winds me up seeing. I've seen comments when that happened. People saying, "Okay, what do you do? You did your job." No, he went above and beyond for that save. Like that, that was like extraordinary in my opinion. So it's not just doing your job. That's like doing your job and then some. So I disagree with that. I love it though. I love his personality. I think he's hilarious. I think he's quirky and he's mad. Like there was those little Instagram real things that the Everton like official account did. And they would say, you know, they had different players on the video. They would ask the player, the, the, another player's name and I think every person that was asked about Jordan Pickford they called him mad mm-hmm. or like crazy yeah. or something like that but that's what makes him so good in my opinion is is the fact that he is just so wired and switched on like to, to the degree that he is I think that's what makes him perform so exceptionally and that yeah. triple save is as good as a goal because that you know there's not many goalkeepers in the world keeping that out as Jay said yeah. he's a world-class goalkeeper doing a world-class save if a goal scorer goes and does a celebration like that, no one bats an eyelid. No one's asked. So he's done the equivalent of scoring a goal there, one hundred percent. So why people ask if he celebrates it? You know what? Listen, yeah, it wouldn't exactly. be wouldn't be like me to go against everybody else, but I am going to go against everyone else. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't like all that, all that, all that, all that stuff when he makes you safe. And I'm not one of them. He says where you're only doing your job. Stop it. I just don't like it. Me personally, like, I never have. <laughs> I just yeah. don't okay. like it. I'm one so, of them, me. So fair enough. Okay, fair enough. You know, I just like the celebration, you know, fair enough. But what I don't understand is, okay, I get like any what you're saying too, is like that's why people might be having a go. But still, yeah. respect what he did. Oh, you yeah, he's an amazing you, goalkeeper. You, you, can't, you can't sit there and go, oh, he's shit because he went like this yeah. to the camera. <laughs> he deserves to. He's a fucking, sorry, he's a boss. <laughs> he's a boss-ass bitch at what he does and keep yeah. slaying Jordan Pickford because you are killing it, my guy. He is in his prime right now, like, and we have him, which is incredible. But, yeah, you, 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 <clears throat> you can hate him for his little celebration thing. Yeah. I don't know why because he is he can do whatever he wants because – just slay, keep slaying. Yeah, you know what? I don't um, hate him but, for it, but, but it, no. I just don't. I don't really like it. I just don't. Okay, like Paul. It. I'm old school. I don't. I don't really like stuff. Whatever, like that. Paul. I love Paul. it. 
can I ask you, Paul, then, when you say you don't like it, which, to be honest, I'm sort of on the same as you, I'm, but I don't hate it. I'm not bothered he does it. No, I'm not you bothered anymore. I, mean? I used to be bothered, but, but, but his performances have improved massively over the last two years. Because you all yeah. know I used to come on and go, with that Divock Origi thing absolutely destroyed me for a, for a long, long time when he, <laughs> when he left that goal in, and I couldn't get over it. But I am actually over it. And I'll let him offer all that theatrics and all that. It doesn't bother me. I know it bothers other fans from other clubs, but I'd never come out, listen, I'm coming out and saying it on a podcast now, but you just asked the question. I just, I don't like it, me personally. I think it makes him look stupid. I think it makes us look stupid and just get on with it. But like Andy said, on the flip side, that say to him is like a goal. And I get that. I understand that. But for me personally, no, nah, shut off. That, that's just, that's just me personally. But the, the question I was going to ask you is, do you think that's why he's sort of frowned upon out of our um, fan base? No, I think it's the London press, like mate. I think it's the London press. The London press won an Arsenal goalkeeper in goal. That's, you know, He's never kicked up a fuss. Jordan Pickford, the while even Everton. Got to give him a lot of credit for that. But another person you got to give credit for is Gareth Southgate. Because Gareth Southgate has told Jordan Pickford, you are my number one and nobody else is going to take your spot until your form completely falls apart. He's never let England down. And if anyone has bothered their ass to watch Everton over the last two years, he hasn't let us down either. Keepers make mistakes. It's just what they do. It's... But yeah, he, yeah. you can count on one hand how many he's made now in the last two years. He's been fantastic. But I think you can give Gareth Southgate a lot a praise for him still being at Everton because he basically said to him, you don't need to be playing in the Champions League. You don't need to be playing at the top end of the Premier League. Just carry on doing what you do in your mind, number one. And I don't think the London press can handle it. This Aaron Ramsdale must have the best PR team in the world because they push him and push him and push him. I mean, he's high, that highly rated Arsenal, he just brought another number one in to push him. So that must mean there's a little bit of doubt about him. But, yeah, He's a great goalkeeper. He he saved us on so many occasions. Probably kept us in the Premier League hundred percent. So, but just the theatrics, no, just stop it for me. But he's not going to stop it because that's his personality. So, it's yeah. me who has to get on board, really. Yeah. But there's no debate anymore, is he? He is England's number one, isn't he? Andy, you know, he, he's, there's no like. Is he putting me even asking? <laughs> he, he has been for the last four or five years. I think one of the things that has worked against Jordan Pickford is that. In the was it the quarters against Colombia and we won on penalties? He made a save, an absolutely unreal save, um, and then Yerry Mina actually scored from yeah, the yeah. corner. And against Italy, um, when we were winning one 0 he made an unbelievable save. Like he had no right to save it, but then he kind of ping pong around the box and Benucci put it in um, <clears throat> to make it one one. So perhaps maybe those saves got overlooked because goals came quite um, quite soon after. But the fact that they weren't made more of at the time, because I can tell you right now, if Alisson had made those saves, we'd be hearing about it until, you know, we're seven feet under. Um, but the problem is, as uh, Paul says, the the press is run by either A, London, but all your Northwest correspondents are Liverpool fans. Daily, You know, you go to the Daily Mail, it's, um, is it Dominic King? You go Daily Mirror, you've got Maddock and Jim Boardman. Wherever you go, it's all... Do you know what I mean? It's all copites. You know, I remember, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah, like you switch on your day, you'd start with football focus at 12.30, you get Mark Lawrence and do you know what I mean? And then after, then you you, you watch the Saturday night football, we've got Jamie Redknapp. Then match of the day comes on, we've got Danny Murphy. We then start the day again. uh, Kenny Dagnese's daughter. (laughs) 
you got yeah, and Graham Souness, and then you've got Matt the day two on, and they brought Stephen Warnock in, and then we go to the ref watch on Monday. We've got Stephen Warnock again. I mean, how the fuck did he get in so many gigs? I've no idea, but it's all just engineered by, like you know, if you play for Liverpool, you be, you become a pundit. And there just there aren't strong enough voices that are out there. You know, we get to see Leon Osmond seven times a year. That's about it. Well, you've got the likes of that gimp, haven't you? That Mark Goldbridge, absolute plum. He's <laughs> just just absolutely wet wipe. Who's got his own platform? Who people listen to, and he's just that black John Watson commentary voice whenever they score. Oh, get in! Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! Go on! You don't even watch Everton. Pack it in, yeah. gimp. But that listen now, so. I'm just going to go through the three years to get your man of the match. Melinda, George Pickford? Yeah, it was definitely Jordan Pickford, yeah, at the end there, because I easily could have been 3-2. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. so absolutely. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Paul? Yeah, Pickford. It was Onana, but the Pickford gets it because of the end. Because of, of a celebration, eh, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can get it. You can get in the bin with them celebrations. Not, not like you. You can box. get in the bin, Paul. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'd have been. I'd have been Jared Branthwaite up until Pickford saves. So I thought Branthwaite got an early yellow card. Uh, and to be fair, it's one of the poor decisions I forgive the rest for because from his angle, I can see why he thinks. But it's actually a really clean tackle. Anybody ricochets so quickly off the the Sheffield United player from the rest angle. I can understand why you. It looks heavy, it. doesn't it? It looks heavy um, in his hand, doesn't it? But yeah, but it was a perfect tackle. But you know, he's a young centre half, yellow carded after thirty minutes. I thought his composure and class throughout that game was superb. But yeah, like that Pickford, uh, Pickford triple save. Yeah, it, it takes it for me. Yeah, yeah. So be, we play an injury as well. Apparently, Brandt I I'm shocked there. Apparently oh my been, gosh, that's right. Apparently, he's been playing with an injury. I mean, he I think he's played the, the last two. Yeah, he's actually been playing injured. If that's him playing injured, oh, what a player we've got in our hands there, by the way. When he's fully fit, yeah. Yeah, and I wish everyone would stop saying, I, I put a tweet out about Brantwaite being the real deal. He won't be here long. Stop it. Just stop. Just enjoy him while he's here. Don't worry about something that's down the line. Just enjoy it. As I, I mean, I'm, this morning. Talk, I'm, I'm, I'm like the most miserable Evertonian in the world, but just enjoy him while he's here. Just enjoy watching him play football because he's, he's a class of He's going to the very, very top, that kid. Yeah. As I said this morning, just let us like live our lives peacefully until it's no longer peaceful. <laughs> just give us something, please. Thank you. <laughs> Is any anyone got anything else to want to add about the Chef United game before I move on to the official in the middle? Oof. Yeah. Get the popcorn no, off on the Everton one. Perform- on the Everton performance, anyone in particular stands out or obviously it was nice to see Dwight, Dwight McNeil get 15 minutes and stuff like that, but I just oh, yeah. Out- the bench move on. for me. What what, what, yeah. what what happened with the bench? I mean, my my best mate Michael Keane wasn't even on the bench. What happened there? He's uh, injured, oh. he? Well, I'm sure we're going to move on to the uh, Sean Dyche interview shortly. But he said in the uh, in in his interview where he talked about the Mary Gray, which I know is upcoming guys. He uh, Keane Dobbin had a knock, and he was saying that ideally he would have liked the young lads to have filled out the bench properly. But he's got to get the balance right if they're not really going to be involved. They need to have minutes with the under-23s so they can be ready if called upon. So he, he addressed that uh, uh, within that interview, mate. One thing I would like to mention, just popped to me right now, is the way we attack at the moment. It seems to be we're trying to pinpoint passes at the moment, aren't we? It seems the passing has improved in the final third. I don't know if anyone agrees with that. 
It has yeah, actually yeah. improved. The passing in the middle uh, of the park is all over the place. But once yeah. at the edge of the area, it seems like there is a little bit of a plan to try and get in. And it, it sort of surprised me on the Sean Dice that it is a, it's a bit intricate. I thought it'd be more you know, direct. direct we, got yeah. in behind, we got in behind him loads. And I think if you, if Dan Juma's a bit sharper, I think he gets more yeah. than one goal. On I agree with you, mate. I think his touch is just off a little bit. And I think that's a fitness thing. But uh, he, he excites me. And like I know we spoke about him before, but I think we'll get a lot out of him this season. Yeah. Paul, um, what is going on with these referees? <laughs> Mate, it's, it's shocking, isn't it? It's really bad. Best league it's in the world, think, I think we think it's... I've heard people talking this week thinking it. And it is easy to say it only happens to us, but it's not only happening to us. It's not only happening to us. They are absolutely shocking. I watched that show the other day where they, they mic them up, where you're in talking. They're actually... That VAR are talking themselves out and making the right decision into the wrong yeah. one. If you Did you hear the videos? Like the the wolf one, one, it, oh, yeah. it was just like you got it right. It's a penalty, and then they talked themselves out of it. I mean, against Everton on Saturday, I mean that's a penalty. That Beto shot. Luckily, we scored from the corner. It's a penalty. It's not even debatable. And the Dan Juma one, you got that absolute gobshite coming on that ref watch saying it's a penalty, but you can understand why he didn't give it. You're like, why? It's a penalty. Hold <laughs> them down in the area. It's an actual penalty. Yeah, it's just that crazy. Was... Absolutely. Get rid of it. Listen, I think we've all forgot. I'm going on a rant here. I'm really sorry. We've all forgot what football was like before it came in. It's like we we're not we can't function without it. It was a hundred. We football started in what 1868 or something like that. We've never had any technology for stuff like offsides and goals and everything else. Just take it. I, I, if, if you scrapped it now. I'd be so happy about it. And and you are going to get decisions that go against it as well. That's just the nature of the game. But it's like we forgot that. That that's what happens. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So, I, I want to be able to celebrate goals again. Like normally, like a few years ago, a goal goes in, you take a quick glance at the the linesman, and that's it. You're off celebrating. Whereas now you're kind of like, yeah, hang on, ooh, ooh, yeah, and then you kind of you're still then waiting for forty five seconds until the game restarts. Are they checking something that we don't know about? I, I think it takes a lot more from the game than it adds. Melinda, remember us in the uh, the derby last season when. Um... Connor Cody, we thought Connor Cody had scored. Oh, yeah, and I ripped my pants. We were, in, we were in tears. We were in tears <laughs> because we thought we'd actually beat Liverpool. Yeah, but it, that's exactly... Like, it, that's Robbed the point. our toenail. Yeah, like, now I feel like I actually can't celebrate goals, like Andy, as you just said. Like, I just feel like, oh, no, they'll find a way to make it not a goal. Like, the game's gone. The game's just, in my opinion, yeah. it's just it's just gone, and it's so disappointing now. It's, football is not what it used to be, and it was supposed to be VAR and all that you know, it, it was supposed to be brought in to benefit the game and, and it's just not, it, it's gone to shit. Like, it's just, it, it, I, I, these refs are just taking the absolute piss now and, and they have been for a while and I just, when is it going to stop? Like, when is someone going to come in and just go, this this is it? We, I don't know who would even step in and, and make that decision. I don't know who, legality-wise, like, you know, how it works even, but some something's got to give here because it's just point blank. Like, that was a penalty, and it, it, I don't understand how they can justify their way out of it. It just makes no sense to me. Is it then a I red start, as well? Is it a red and, card that as well? And, and, I, and I start to question myself, too, like, my own knowledge of football, you know, and we, we all sort of doubt ourselves, and we're all getting in fights about it, and it's just it's just ridiculous. It's taking away from the game and it's just making it, it's making it an absolute mess. I think Mike Dean said that, um, now he's retired, he can say whatever he wants. He didn't give 
he was VAR for uh, Anthony Taylor last season. I think it was at Anfield or Old Trafford. Oh, and he'd made yeah. The wrong, he'd made the wrong decision, but he, he, he was looking after him, so he didn't turn it over. That's what you're up against. Yeah. So yeah. We were to, if was... someone was to go clean through at Anfield, get brought down, he'd be like, well, I can't do this to me, mate. It's like you refereeing Jamie and I'm in the VAR going, shit, he's made a bad decision there. I've gone after back him up, though, because the crowd will slaughter You just stitch Jay you know right I mean? up. There's no doubt yeah. about that anyway, mate. 100%, so. yeah. I've just used him as an example. They've literally <laughs> come right out and said it, it's it's corrupt, and we're all correct. <laughs> we're all right. This whole time, you guys have been right. Yeah. Like, imagine that, though. Like, you've got, like, millions and millions of pounds resting on that game. You've got millions of fans around the world like invested in that game, deciding whether they're going to be happy or sad for the next three days. And you've decided, I'm not going to give the right decision because I don't want to make my mate feel bad. It's fucking yeah. horrendous, you know isn't you, it? Do you know what I think you need to do? It's, it's do you know what I think you need to do? You need to bring in people, analytical people who are into like numbers and stuff, who don't like football, don't like it, and sit them in, in a room and say, you make the decision. Give them all yeah. the rules and, and train them up on what the rules of football are and all that. And just take away, they'll have no bias or anything, they'll have no favourite teams, they'll have nothing to do with the referees that are on the pitch, and let them make the decision. People are saying put ex-players in there. I think ex-players would say, fuck, I'm not giving Everton a penalty. No. I would. I'd be, I would not giving Liverpool a penalty to Liverpool. That's what I'd be like. <laughs> no chance. That'd be weird, well, you, wouldn't it? You've got people that have personal like personal attachments to, to, to clubs and, and to you know players and things like that. Like It's, just, it's, it's so biased, and it's just not right. Like, honest to God, it's... Is she the one with the, the magic game's spray on, that. on Saturday? Oh, my God. <laughs> what the hell was that? He's basically letting the players just decide what they want to do there. Yeah, that was embarrassing as hell. Literally. Katie, what's your thoughts on VAR, mate? Uh, I thought it was brought in to, to help the referees. It definitely made them worse. I just don't get it. It, it was brought in to sort of help referees yeah. make better decisions and the game be faster. Yeah. And also this thing of, which I'd like someone to ask, obviously I'm not going to get an answer from here, but I, do, you, do you add time on for the referee not making the decision and it going to VAR? It's a very good question, Jay, because I've thought that, because sometimes play can go on for two minutes and then yeah. they get told so to think we, about it, then they so go if to Chef VAR. United, Yeah, if Sheffield United have scored and they go, well, they had the time come from, he couldn't get, he, they were looking at Beto's and ball or wherever it was. Why would we suffer? So I, I genuinely don't think they know what to do. I agree with Paul. Outsource it. Outsource the whole VAR. Get rid of it, in my opinion. But if you're going to keep it, completely outsource it to people that you explain the rules to and go, there's the rule book. Is he in the rules? No. All right, well, he's off then. Or he's outside yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And you are going to get decisions that you don't like that are going to break your heart. But that is football. That's just yeah. the way it is. That's yeah, just the way, getting, and it, it's always. But been... we're getting decisions that break our heart now. Like, do, like, there's still. The, I don't think the quality of referee and the quality of decisions get have got better under VAR. I still think they're getting just as much wrong. And um, it works the in only... the major tournaments, though. In them Euros and the World Cup, it works like clockwork. I know, obviously, there's not as many games, but for that four weeks, that tournament is on. The VAR is brilliant, absolutely brilliant, but. We just can't seem to get it right. I don't know what French or Italian or Spanish football are there struggling as well, but we just got idiots running it here, big time. The problem you've got as well is that, that when whoever is controlling it, it's still down to human error because they decide at the point the pass has left someone's boot. So that then impacts at what time you draw the line for the guy who's made the run 
who's offside. And sometimes they draw, like they decide it's when the ball, they can see a gap between the boot and the ball. And other times they do it when it's not that way. So it still gets manipulated. I just think it's, yeah. It's not going to get scrapped, by the way. It's not no, going to get no. scrapped. It's, no, it's, it's the I mean, the best thing that come in was the goal line technology. That's fantastic. That, that, that fixed a lot. But what you do with offsides and... I haven't got a clue. I just haven't got a clue. No more. Like you say, it's stuck that raw emotion, like, like of scoring a goal, like me in the match with my dad and stuff, and then bouncing all over his head when Everton scored. It's like, oh, it's not a goal. Oh, just, just, just like, just think of that Man United, though. Man United against Arsenal, 88 minutes. Like, an actual runs through scores. Like, yeah, United yeah. runs in the away end. You know what I mean? That, that, that's just, if you're a United fan there, you're instantly a bit like, oh, I've got to wait here not to celebrate. And then when it does get given, it's not the same, is it? It's never the same. It's never the same celebration. No, it's like the, the kind of cold you want us go back to that in the derby. I, I was just like, because I mean, someone said to me that we before, you know, a goal's a bit dodgy when the linesman doesn't run back to the halfway line. And I've seen he, st- he stayed where he was, and I thought, well, no, and people are jumping all over me, and I'm saying to me that this might be a goalie, and everyone's going, oh, shut up, shut up, it's a goal. I'm going, honestly, these are looking at this. And you know as well, yeah. Everton are not going to get it, don't you? All the time. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. who did we play the other week? Wolves. And I think it was a. I yeah, the core, I won, the core, yeah. and you just and you're waiting for ages, and you're like, we're not going to get this. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Like my a, my, my mate Brandon, he's a Southampton fan, and obviously he was gutted when they got relegated. But he went to his first game he watched in the Championship this year was four four against Norwich, and he said to me, he said, he, he said I fucking loved it. He said it's the best game I've been to in years. He said being able to celebrate four goals, like without it possibly being taken away. He said, like, the rush was, like... He said he'd forgotten how good it was. So... Andy, that Doncaster lad who scored against us was miles off. Yeah. It's a goal. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's my like, gosh, yeah. Just got to get on with it. You know, I just think you're just going to have to learn to get on with it. But it's they're not going to scrap it. No chance. No. They're not going to scrap it. We just also got to hope it doesn't hinder us in any way this season like it did with the Rodri on ball. Remember that? Yeah, but it, that it's his chest all day, that mate. It's no, I know where it's him on. I know where it's him on the lead, didn't he? Yeah. The middle of the. I know we brought it down in the middle no, of his mate. chest, but no, it was it was a clear handball, mate. But it, it was it, it, was it, chest, it, it kept it kept Liverpool from <laughs> winning the yeah. league, so it was chest all day, mate. Everyone's <laughs> up, so City right. won the league by a point. I think that was it. So, but uh, no, it definitely was his arm. It should have been a handball. Yeah, it's hundred percent handball. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that it's his chest. Sorry, I do remember that it was chest. Yeah, oh, clearly chest. <laughs> Come on, all yeah. day. Spec Jamie. It was a, it was a goal <laughs> kick apparently, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but since we've last been on, uh, I just want to touch on the wind, the transfer window. Now it's shut, and as we speak, the Saudi Arabia one shut as well, which will come into what I'm going to ask. But first, I'm going to ask about. Just a general summer. Now, I know we all sat there on transfer deadline day. I think Andy had a clock on it. Um, and we were all sat there waiting, waiting, waiting. And it was disappointing. Just in the transfer window, it was disappointing because we were expecting to go to Everton and we've signed this player and someone pulls up in this blacked out sprinter van. But the next day, then I'll come to you. Did you sort of take a step back and go, actually, you know what? It's not a bad window. Or did you still think, What's happening here? Um, so it's, hmm. I mean, uh, we all know that there are areas in the squad that we do need to strengthen. It's, it's no secret, but 
I am going to go more on the side of, I, I don't think it was a bad window. I, I don't think it was, you know, we, we did get a um, couple strikers in um, we've got Dan Juma um, we've got Harrison, you know, so when you kind of take a step back and you do look at the, the full picture, it, it, it's not, it's not bad, but, but now as we've kind of fixed things up top, as I was saying before, now on the back, things are a bit crumbly. So would it would it have been good to bring in probably a couple of more players to strengthen the squad? Probably. Um, but but looking at it in the grand scheme of everything, taking a step back and look at the full picture, I, I don't think it was terrible. No, no. Andy, um, I think this window, we've got a lot out, haven't we? When you look at it, I know Paul, you made a great point as well. Now I will, I'll come on to it. Um, he said, Paul said, if we decide better on transfer deadline day, we'd all be made up. We signed him about, I think, the day before or the no two days before. Were we that desperate for that player to come in on transfer deadline day? We forgot how good of a window we possibly have had. Um, that, I, I think. Um the point you just made and what Melinda said, like, I think we have strengthening and I, I like the players that we've brought in, but we've let Gordon, Gray, Iwobi go and we've, we've, we're lacking pace at the top end of the pitch as an option. And, you know, the, you know, Anthony Gordon went in January, I know, but he was, he was our pace. Gray was pace. That's now gone. Um, I think we wanted a, a, another experienced centre-back in as well. And I do worry a little bit about our creativity in midfields. You know, I think for me, we're going to have to reintegrate Andre Gomez in because he's the only one in there who I think has got the ability to kind of dictate the pace of a game in there. And he did have a really good season in France last year. He showed it in spells for for us in the past. So, you know, I'd be hope we just got to hope that we get something out of him. But whilst I'm happy with what we brought in, I do think there was a couple of areas that we've left really, really light. Yeah, no, I, I didn't really think about the outgoings, actually. And then I think now we're starting to feel like the loss of Nina. You know, I, I wish we had kept a hold of Connor Cody. Um, so just things like that. I think um, we've made a bit of a, a bit of a boo-boo with that one. But... A bit of a boo-boo. I was actually just going <laughs> like to say boo-boo then as well, honestly. I'm not joking. Oh, you paused you you for a minute and I was going to go boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, I'll just go through the the departures of Everton. So, uh, Moise Keane, who obviously hasn't been here for a while, but he was official that he left for Juventus. Yeah. Um, Alex Wobie, Damari Gray, Tom Cannon, uh, and Niles and Kunku, Alice Sims. And then you go through, like, Azmir Begovic, Tom Davis, Yanni Mina, mm. Connor Cody, um, Holgate. Mason Holgate on loan, uh, Isaac Price has gone out on a free... We, you know, we cancelled the deal of Gabamon as well. Mm. Now, that's what Neil Mopai's gone out on loan. Um, sorry, Melinda. You know, <laughs> these are, a, these are a, that's a lot of players. Now, if you look of, on the flip side of who we brought in, in Harrison, um, Harrison, Shimiti, Beto, Dan Juma, and uh, Young, what weight, what, what, you know, what scale? What way the scales tipping there? I mean, you sort of looking at it going, we haven't really done, we haven't really strengthened there. I think we strengthened in certain areas, but we're actually weaker in other areas. I think defensively we're actually weaker, but I think attacking wise, if if you're a stats person, I think Harrison has got better stats than 
the likes of Gray and Awobi. So you've actually improved there. Dan Juma has got a very high ceiling. He's a could be a potentially very exciting player. I mean, he looks it to me like that's a top for the best. But I think the transfer as a whole, it's clear that we just had to make as much money as we can. That's just been the way it is. But uh, yeah, uh, I think we're actually are weaker. If, you, if you're asking me a question, I think we're weaker. We're weaker from the end of last um, season. Yeah, I just think with the Yerimina thing, I mean, I know we all know he's got biscuit legs and stuff like that, but <laughs> be nice to have him coming in rather than Michael Keane. Be nice to have Conor Cody over Ben Godfrey. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think, I, I, I like the Ashley Young signing, but I think now looking at it, we could have done with another left-back. Personally, a, a better left-back than the one, the two we've got. That's just my personal point of view. I think Patterson, I think it's unfair on him. He's got a whole lot spot down at right-back until Coleman is up to fitness. Maybe you could play James Garner there, I think. Yeah, it, just I'm going on a little bit of a, a tangent there, but I just I do think we actually are a bit weaker, but, uh, but yeah. stronger in certain areas. Yeah, see what you're saying about the centre-halves. I mean, you just had about a left-back there, and we sold one for £2 million, and then it gets sold for £11 million. So, yeah. Paul, I, I just want to stick with you, and I'll get everyone's opinion on this. Um, we're never in a club that we're just desperate for any sort of bid to come in and let's just get rid like you know you look at Tom Cannon eight, seven and a half million quid um, that's know, a disappointing one I am yeah. gutted I'm actually gutted about Tom Cannon you know yeah Ellis Sims seven million um, Niles and Kunku two million who I said before went for 11 in the end do you think it was just yeah. a case of let's get money for these lads and get them out the door yeah, I think with Nazi Kunku, yeah. I think with Inkunku, I think I people a lot of people said that he wasn't a left back. I think I think he's gone to Frankfurt and they've put made him left winger. He scored on his debut, but uh, that's another uh, obviously. But I think that's yeah, I think I, I think Deitch came out in the in that interview and said we had to cut our cloth accordingly. I think Everton have just spent and spent and spent, and he's they pay that much money on wages. They've had to clear the decks big time. I think we were all sitting there on transfer deadline day thinking we need to. Uh, bring someone in, but I think the wages are, are a massive problem for Everton, so we have to just clear the decks, as I'm saying, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. But, Melinda, the outgoings <clears throat> are sort of, did you outweigh the ingoings, don't they, which is not a good transfer, and we've just been saying it's a good transfer, it's a good transfer window for what we've brought in, in places like Beto, Harrison, but when you look at the outgoings, you look and go, wow, that's a, that's a lot of players. Or do you look at him and go, well, you know what? We've kept the likes of Pickford and Anna. We've um, sorted these. We've kept our assets, if you like. We've kept. We haven't lost anyone out of the starting eleven. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And I, I think, um, so, I mean, some of the ones that we did get rid of, you know, we we had to shift absolutely. I think um, it was just kind of getting rid of some players that we really were never going to probably have in the starting 11, you know? So like you said, Jamie, I, I don't think it's, it's affected that very much, but um, I think a lot of the focus and a lot of the push from the fans was to strengthen things up top. And I yeah, just really definitely. do. I really do yeah. think it was, I think we've made some not great decisions about the back. Unfortunately, like, like you've just said, Paul, it would have been nice to have Mina there, you know, um, Cody to come in for Ben Godfrey, um, you know, because we're not, we're just not seeing the best out of that back line. So I think that would have been beneficial to keep. Um, 
and I know we'll get into the Damari Gray stuff as as well. Um, but Damari who? Be yourself. Who? Be yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I I just think like when you do look at it like that, Jimmy, you're listing them all out. I'm like bloody hell, like we've lost quite quite a lot. But then again, I mean, as much as I was really upset about Tom Cannings, I think I think he's going to be exceptional. Personally, I think he's got a unreal career uh, ahead of it. I think it's going to be absolutely sensational. Um, but if you think about it, he wouldn't get game time though, would he? Because we've got Beto, we've got Tremidi, and we've got DCL. So, it's, yeah. you know what I mean? So when you look at it like that, right, it's like, uh, okay. Um, we have gotten rid of, well, I know it was January, but Gordon is gone and, and now Gray is gone. Um, but we've got uh, Harrison to, to come in. We've got McNeil. Th- those are going to be our starting, aren't they? So yeah, it's nice to have strength on the bench and it would have been nice probably to keep a hold of a few and not let so many go. It was quite, if you look at it as a scale, it was, the scale's going to be quite warm, isn't it? Like that. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the It's like today when happens, you see, but... uh, you, you know, you see a bit of news on Twitter and it says Jadot Bantweet's uh, withdrawn from the England under 21s and instantly yeah. you think, oh my God, Michael Keane. That's, what, that's yeah, the thing that popped like, in my head. You I know tweeted I mean? like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I just tweeted shit because we all know uh, what that means. <laughs> we, we definitely need more cover there because again, for, going back to the game on Saturday, Ben Godfrey only played six minutes and managed to be the worst player on the pitch. I don't know. We, we spoke about him, haven't we? And he's just gone completely. Mm-hmm. He's in a complete 180 and it's really, yeah. it's uh, disappointing to see because he's just not he's just not the same lad and I know we spoke about this before but it just really is disappointing massively disappointing I, yeah just think defensively I mean the tran- going back to the question of the transfer window I do, as I say attacking wise definitely improved but defensively yeah. I think we are a couple of injury way, injuries away from a full-on crisis me personally and it's not like me to talk like that is it but uh <laughs> yeah I think that I think that's just the way it is unfortunately agreed mate agreed Andy, would you how would you rate the transfer window then? Uh, you know, I've, we've listed all the players. We've, you know, we we know who's gone. We know who, who's come in. Right now, how would you how would you rate the transfer window? Um, it all depends. <laughs> a big factor of that would be touching kind of on what Melinda said in regards to Tom Cannon. It would be dependent on what kind of option we've got in terms of selling fee and buyback clause for Tom Cannon. Because I don't mind it as a transfer now in terms of be good for his development. It's good money for us right now. Um, again, I don't know loads about all the financials, but I do know that if you get cash for homegrown players, it has a really positive impact on your on your balance sheet. And um, whilst I don't want to worry about stuff like that in modern football, we kind of have to worry about that side of it as well as what's on the pitch. So, if we've done a good deal that way, that way, I'd say six out of ten. Um, I say I'm happy with what we brought in. We've got. I'm. I'm not worried about operating with a smaller squad in some aspects because, you know, for years we were carrying wages of players that were really high and that we were never going to get a kick really. Um, but yeah, I without without another defensive aspect added in there to to cover us and like I say a bit of creativity and some pace. I do worry. I, I do worry. Like Paul says, a couple of injuries and you could be in crisis time again. Yeah, what's your thoughts on um? Because it was a big departure, wasn't it? Alex Awobi leaving. I mean, to yeah. get twenty-two million, which is what it's rumored to be for a player who will not sign a new contract. I think business-wise, it's it's really good, isn't it? But are you sad to see him leave, or or is it one of them? You just like well, whatever. 
because I've noticed this week he's been speaking about Fulham like it's a step up, isn't he? He's ready for the next step, and you're like, it's Fulham. But yeah, that's just where we I, are, isn't it? That's where we are as a club, isn't it? To be fair with footballers, they you know they can't go and say. I wanted to come back to London and Fulham with the biggest club that would give me an opportunity down here. He's got to kind of say something because, I mean, I don't even think Fulham fans would think that Fulham to step up from Everton. Um, mm. But I, I think it's good business. Like Alex Awobi's best performances for Everton is when he's been played as a number 10. Sean Dice has never played in there. Sean Dice will never play in there. And I would rather see Dan Juma, Harrison, McNeil all play out wide ahead of Awobi. Um, like I said, I think he's proved in the last 18 months he can be a very good footballer and I wish him all the best but I just I think it's a perfect deal for all parties to be honest Yeah 100%. You know I think it'll be Everton's creative midfield I don't know if you'd agree with this Jamie I think it, it'll be McNeil I think yeah, you'll see McNeil possibly. playing in the hole, hole a little bit more like a number 10 I think he's got a good football brain I think listen I'm not comparing him but like a Madison type not not blessed with loads no, of pace but saying, yeah. yeah do you get what I mean I was yeah, going to yeah. say on the, the half turn, he's good yeah. at you know playing in them pockets. Yeah, I was going to say McNeil or James Garner. James Garner, mm. another one definitely. Yeah. I think Garner's going to struggle this season just because of how versatile he is. I don't mean struggle yeah. as 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 a, as a, his ability. I think he's got it, but I mean, I think um, he'll be asked to play in on number that's of what positions. I, that's what I mean. I think if he had a bit more consistency, I think he would be able to flourish a bit more into that creative role but I do see quite a bit of creativity in, in him. Yeah. Oh, Paul as well. Um, options at centre-back. Phil Jones is available on a free transfer still. Yeah, so am I. I'm shy. <laughs> just like him. <laughs> I'll play there as well if you want me to. No thanks, mate. Yeah, we, should have got Ram- we should have got Sergio Ramos. He would have come here. No problem. Yeah, easy. Easy. I think Melinda, you'd love that. Oh yes, you don't. You don't like to do Ramos. You don't love them. You don't love them. But there was someone that left today. Um, listen, our window shut, but the Saudi Arabian league carried on. Uh, he's been linked with them through the whole summer. It's caused quite a bit of a stir in the podcast group. I think it's caused a bit of stir in the, the actual fan base as well. The um, <laughs> Mary Gray's gone. Listen, he's yeah, gone now. Want to Melinda mate? I'll uh, I'll go make a cup of tea. Let, let Melinda take this one. No, well, I will. I will. I'll come to you anyway, Melinda, for it. Um, listen, he's left with a bad taste in his mouth. He's probably left with leaving a bad taste in the club's mouth. Everyone, the fan base's mouth. You. It was basically at the end, Dice versus Gray. What corner are you just stood in? Be honest as well. Just go for it. You know what? And like I'm, I've I've been quite quiet on on Twitter about this um because i see the fan majority of the fan base is going a certain direction and i'm not saying that i necessarily disagree with that opinion i i do think that there's been faults on either side and look i'm going to disclaimer this by basically saying we're never going to know what's properly gone down we don't know what's been said who said what or you know we don't know fully this we don't know the story to me, it's it's a bit of a tit for tat, he said, she said situation. Um, I don't know if Everton is trying to create some sort of narrative. I, I don't know what's going on, but to me, this seems bigger than an issue of a player just wanting to leave and coming out and s- making a statement about it. A player wouldn't behave like that if there wasn't cause to do so. Why has he not done this? 
years prior and we were in very, very, very difficult situations. Um, I do think that he's been a bit of a scapegoat, whatever you want to call it. But I think that he's been, this whole thing has been amplified to take away from the fact of what is actually going on at this football club. We've all completely forgotten about the board. We've all completely forgotten about not bringing in other players to strengthen the squad. So it's all been on Gray and Deitch. Um, I, I, I just, I mean, I understand Deitch coming out and saying thing the things that he did in the interview, but at the same time, I did think that was a little bit unprofessional and I might be, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get slapped for that one or saying that, but I, I, I just What's think your opinion. I, I, I just probably. think, you know, Damari Gray has come out and, and said what he said and maybe posting a black and white photo on Instagram beside a G wagon was not the way to go. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but, but then again, like fans are starting to question he he has been there for so many key pivotal moments in our last, especially our last couple of seasons. He's, he's gotten some very pivotal points for us and that have kept us up. Um, so for him to come out and, and say, you know, the fans have always respected me. The fans have always been there for me. I appreciate that as a fan of him. Everyone knows I love Damari Gray and I've been a huge fan of Damari Gray for, mm-hmm. for years now. Um but for him to say, you know, I, I just can't do something if I'm not being respected for it. And maybe that wasn't the way to go about it. Fair enough. Um, but I just got that same kind of sense of like, I don't know if it was, like, if you want to call it sarcasm or what, or like from Dyke to the interview, it just felt very like, I don't know how, how the right wording for it, but I just felt like, okay, I think you're trying to cover your own butt here or whatever you're trying to do or, or create I said create this narrative almost to make us think certain things and deviate from a bigger issue or a bigger picture that's going on here so I'm not saying Deitch is wrong or Gray is wrong I think there's been something brewing for a very long time here and point blank like I think he's been made to look like the bad guy so now we're like okay why would we want someone at the club who doesn't give a shit. I don't believe that for two seconds. I think Damari Gray loves Everton Football Club. I think he's fought for that football club multiple years in a row now. And when he was on that pitch, I mean, yes, consistency, we've always said was a bit of an issue, but I do think he has given it his all when, when he had to. And I just, I just, I would have loved to know really what the, what has actually gone down here because to me, just something, something stinks. Yeah, I'll say it. Those... Something mas- massively stinks here. You're go, you're go to Daniel, Melinda. I am because you know what I yeah. I wanted I wanted so much more from Damari Gray with Everton. I wanted this to be like his season. I wanted to see that lad that we saw perform at at City away, um, Palace at home. You know, I wanted I wanted that Damari Gray this season for us more consistently. Yeah. I think we all <laughs> I think we all would. You know, so it's just it didn't go to City away, did you, Melinda? I don't know if I told you guys this, but I've been to the uh, Etihad. Have I told you guys that story? Yeah. I know, it's brilliant. Nothing nothing like Spurs away, though. I know none of us have gone to Spurs away. so can't even Can't even compare to that. I believe you've kept this quiet. (laughs) Melinda, Melinda, you just said there that you gutted about the Mari Gray, and that's right. That's fair enough, because he has left a hole in the Everton squad. Um, And are you more frustrated... Again, you said about like 
you wanted it to be a boss season for Damari Gray and everything. Are you more frustrated with Damari Gray or are you more frustrated with the club and the way it's handled, they've handled that? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want to go. I, I, I'm not Deitch out, by the way. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not saying that. But I think Deitch has been put in a very awkward position to have to speak out about this. I know I think that's the club's put him in a bit of an awkward position probably as well, but he's a manager. So, you know, he has to do what he has to do. And I, and I respect that. Um, But uh, yeah, I, I'm very disappointed. Very, very disappointed. I mean, I think part of it obviously is on the player as well. I mean, you, you don't get to this position without two people not knowing how to tango with each other. Do you know what I mean? So there's obviously yeah. something going on, but it, there, it's on both sides, isn't it? Um, but even to to post, like the way it, it's obviously very, very sour because even what Everton Football Club put out today was they didn't even have a caption on the post for God's sake. It was just a cold, picture saying it? that. Very cold. It, very, very cold. And I just think, I, I, I think, Damari Gray, he even said it today on what what he put out. He was prepared to play for us. He wanted to. But for some reason, it didn't happen. And, you know, he's not going to continue to air out dirty laundry about this whole situation because it's just not professional to do that. Um, He's moved on now. He's gone. He's got a new life um, in, you know, wherever he's gone. I don't know specifically. There you go. Whatever. Fucking slip some more, mate. Um, but, But, yeah. So, all the best for him and I did say I wish him all the best but I just thought that post today was cold that there was just nothing even said on that and I I think that's a bit douchey on the club but then again we we don't know what's gone down we don't know who said what or we have no idea all we can do is sit here and speculate people are slamming gray people are slamming the club I think it's a joint effort really um but clearly it was uh it was very very sour what went down I yeah, I said, like I said, I can sit here and speculate all day, but I just don't think that's going to get anybody anywhere. It, it is what it is. It's done. I wish the lad yeah. the best. I thank him for what he did for us um, because he, he, I do think he was a massive part in keeping us up, you know, a couple of years ago with Palace, that, that, that kick to, to Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, got some valuable points for us, bagged some worldies as he usually does. But I'm just disappointed that, you know, we, did, we don't get to see what more he can do for us. I think he had more more in him so yeah yeah i think he, he did have more in him didn't he but yeah um and they just want to sort of ask this to you uh, do you think this was a, just a classic piece of a manager not liking a player and a player sort of not liking the manager or do you think there's something more deeply rooted in this no i think <clears throat> i think it's i think it's kind of been spun like that after what's transpired over the last few days but i think End of last season, he, obviously he's gone away with Jamaica. I think he's been tapped up by, or his agent's been tapped up. Interest from uh, Saudi Arabia. He's decided, do I want to stay at Everton for what's probably going to be another relegation fight, or do I want to go and earn, you know, a, a life-defining def- amount of money? He's never going to have to worry about money again. He's going to be on incredible money out there. Now I think. Since the end of last season, I think both Alex Iwobi and Damari Gray wanted to move on. Alex Iwobi's come back pre-season, got himself fit as a fiddle, played for Everton, worked hard for Everton. We we kind of met his wish, shook his hand, said goodbye. Damari Gray has come to Everton and said, or his agent has said, right, we want to go. We've got a deal lined up somewhere else. It's not up to him to do that. 
Everton, you know, there's, there's proper, t- like, obviously, I know people get tactical all the time, but there's ways to go about it. And he said, I want you to do the deal. I'm not coming to training until it's sorted. You know, if any of those things are true, then he can out Etty fuck off for me, mate. So he's, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, you know, Alex Awobi wanted to move away from Everton and he's conducted himself impeccably. That's why the fans aren't torn on him. That's why, you know, the statement of him going is respectful. Damari Gray, <clears throat> he can put a little thing on Instagram today saying, oh, I, 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 you know, I, I would have stayed and I would have played. Well, why haven't you been at training for the last five weeks, mate? Like, simple fact of the matter is, is there's a way of conducting yourself, and I don't believe he's done that. I'd, I'd much rather, since the window closed, that we all acted like grown-ups. Got him, got him to meet Sean Dice face-to-face and say, like, look, we've not brought anyone else in your position. He gives us something completely different in terms of pace. Let's stay together till January. We'll get you your move then if that's what you still want to do. Um, but I think the way that he's gone about it's all all wrong, and yeah, I I'm not going to lose any sleep over the fact he's gone. No, of course not. Um, but did Paul just do something that sort of where I asked Andy there is it more deeply rooted? And the reason I asked that you look you look through the summer of us chasing Nonto, um, he's handed the transfer request and he's refused to go to Birmingham City in the squad. You know he's refused to train. We never got the man. And he's instantly just getting re, you know, he's getting made put back into the Leeds team. Now, as soon as scoring the window shut, and going, sorry, now he's scoring goals as well. Yeah, he's scoring goals. So, as soon as the window shut, as, as Andy said, it looked like there was no way back for the Mari Gray. It was sort of, well, that's it, you finished at this football club. Yeah. Where, where would that come from? Is that the player or is that the manager just saying at the beginning as he's come back from the Gold Cup? You're not red, you're not in this team, find yourself a new one. I think there's somewhere in the middle and it's like a, a grey area, pun intended, by the way. Maybe tell by the way your eyes and eyebrows went there, that pun was fully yeah. intended, my friends. Yeah, okay. I just, I think the, the writing was on the wall for Tomorrow Grey. I said this our group chat was bossed the other day, by the way. It kept me going and yeah, worth that all them voice notes and that because there was a few little everyone was fired up there, but uh I think with Leicester away last season when he left them sitting on the bench, I think something had gone on beforehand where he basically said to me, you know, I'm the manager, I'm the boss, you're not getting on. Even though we need you, I'm not putting you on. Because remember, remember when we played that game, we were all screaming, get put to Mari Gray on, we'll win this game. Yeah. I never put him on. And I think that was the beginning of the end. Uh, I have to be honest, they're refusing to, if they're refusing to train and that has rattled me, if that's true. But I do yeah. sort of agree with Melinda as well. I think maybe... The club have played on the fact that if you go on social media for the last two years, you see countless tweets of people saying, I'm fucking sick of these players taking the piss out of us, blah, blah, blah. Maybe the club have tapped into that and said, listen, we can spin it so we look like the good guys and he looks bad. Uh, it's just a mess. I just don't think it's something that the club really needs at the moment. Um, it's just another thing that you can hit Everton with from the outside looking in. We just look like we're all over the place. You know, players are unhappy, players refusing to train. You can't buy anyone. Only got one point, so just think it's a whole mess. I, I think he's a good player, I don't think he's fantastic. I think he's sort of like said this the other day, like the Kevin Morales mode. It's you want a bit more. I think Kevin Morales is better, by the way. But you know, you just you go missing for four or five games, you never a cracking game again, and then you wouldn't see him again for another six or seven games. But it's just a mess. Um, yeah, I don't know what, what else to say about it, really. I've got my thoughts on Sean Dyson, I've got my thoughts on. 
to Marley Gray and they're not good for both of them. Let's be honest. I'll be honest, like I haven't got a nice word to say about a pair of them. Um it's a bit of a mad one as well, isn't it? Because you don't know. That's the thing when we know we're getting a we're a cryptic message off Demari Gray on Instagram and then we're getting an interview off Sean Dice. Sean Dice isn't gonna sit down and go, Oh yeah, uh I want. I, I, it was me. Or I, he's going to be told what to say. He's a. He even said himself. Uh, what is a custodian? He called himself a football. Yeah, yeah. He knows what to say in these situations. He's dealt with this before as a as a captain, as a uh, you know, as a player, as a manager as well. He's experienced in this, so he knows how to do it. You know, that's this quote. The 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 people, the the fans, the what did he badge. say? The badge will always be above any player and me. That got us. Yeah, that, that, that that good. Yeah, so, yeah. so we know who's doing. Yeah, of course he does. So you don't know Melinda go right. We don't know what's going on. I, I always look at the Bernard thing with Lucadine. You know, mm, when Bernard yeah. was saying to Lucadine, yeah. we all know what's going on. So you don't know. You're yeah. seeing it with a player sometimes where the player has been forced out. My yeah. thing with the Manny Gray is, I also do think it's him. You know, we look at the Leicester situation when he was through out of Leicester because of the same sort of reason. Um, he just stopped trying. Uh, by Leverkusen, apparently, he just stopped trying. When Sean Dice come in, I get to the point where he sort of took him out. But we, our biggest game in the last 20 years was Bournemouth at home, and he started up front. So if he didn't trust him, what are you putting him in that for? Was that a case of he was the only player he had, or was it? A case of well, I do actually like it as a player. How's it going from that? You lead the line in a game, and I need a goal to get out the football club. I just think there's something well, amazing may- gone. Maybe that's frustrated him even more. Is you've left me out in the cold for so many games, then you just pull me into this last game of the season when 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 you know you need me to perform, and then you're just gonna say, okay, I've I've need I've used you when I've needed you. Now you can go back to. I, I, you're not part of my plans you know you're not part of this I'm not I don't respect you blah 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 we don't know what he said to him so I am I, I, I do understand what you guys are saying not showing up to training that's not acceptable but what if Sean Dyche has literally said to him I, I don't respect you and, and you're not yeah. and I just don't see you in, in this next squad so how is he supposed to show up every single day feeling like an absolute knob when someone's literally said to you I don't respect you sorry and I just don't Really not, you know, it's not going to work here. Yeah, figure something else out. So, so maybe yeah. his agent has gone, try and figure something else out. And he's gone, look, you don't want me here. I won't be here then. I found another solution. Another making it seem like he's created this whole thing and try and get out. Maybe that's what they've told him to do. But we don't know. We can sit here yeah, all day and know. go, if, if no. what about this? Shoulda, coulda, woulda. He said, she yeah. said, we, we're never going to know. But I you, just, something stinks like about this whole I thing. Think it, man. It's as just, well, the, um, There'll be a lot of people who will listen to this podcast going, I can't believe they haven't backed Sean Dice in this one. I, I totally get it because we've been, as a fan base, absolutely pissed off by this group of players for a long, long time. But I think if you sit back and sort of look at it from your point of view, we're never going to know the conversations that hit that Dice and Gray have had between them. And it could have just been impossible to work for, couldn't he? So I'm trying to look at it from both points of view, really. But I think they're not well, turning off the train. And if that's true, that for me, that's it. Uh, as well, I don't like Gray, but get, play, yeah. just leave, just go. It, it's yeah, best for everyone that he's gone, isn't it? Regardless yeah. of your opinion of Dice, though, like him or otherwise, he's not stupid and he knows he's got a small squad. Like, 
he's not going to alienate somebody by being that confrontational with them. I think, like I said at the start, there's a way to conduct yourself. Alex Abuobi's conducted himself the right way and he's gone with a, a pat on his back. The Mary Gray's put himself first. He's put a big contracts first. Yeah, everyone, and he's put people have different personalities though, don't they, Andy? Everyone has a different personality. You might react well to somebody telling to do that. You say, well, I'll get my head down and I'll work with someone like me. Funny enough, you wouldn't think I'd be like that. Would you say, well, well fuck it, I'm not going to do it. It's different personality. Everyone's just different, aren't they? Well, no, if my employer comes to me and says to me, I need you to improve here, there and there, I'm doing it. That, yeah. We all are. So I'm not going to say to him, well, I'm not going to turn up for the next five weeks where I try and find another job. And that that's not happening. And that I don't care whether you're on ten pounds an hour or fifty grand a week. That that attitude it, it's the same. It's not. No, it's not what we want. It's not what we want at the club. Like, but I'm just saying. No, that's probably from his point of view. He's just like not. If they've told I'm him not. that they don't want him, he's probably like, well, I'm not coming back then. I'm not. And I'm not defending him, by the way. I'm not going to lie to you. Sean Dyche is not striking as the kind of guy who's like, Damari, let's sit down and have a talk about way we can improve things. That's a Frank Lampard kind of thing. 110%. Hey, buddy, let's have a sit down. Let's have a chit chat, you know, and let's work on things. I think you can improve here, X, Y, and Z. I do not think that's a Sean Dyche approach no, at but all. Also, which, is, which, is fair, which is fair enough. And you know what? I'm not, I'm not sitting here and saying that I'm Dyche or I don't like Sean Dyche because I think he's had to do what he's had to do to to get us across the line last season and i and i fully will be grateful to him for that but damari gray was also a part of that as well wasn't he so it, it's hard it's it's difficult it, it's a very difficult i'm not picking sides i'm not saying i'm i'm on it's just there's a mess. lot of things here that we don't know it's a mess and that comes down yeah. to the fact that the club is in absolute shambles and yeah, then we're all yeah. sitting here now saying, oh, he doesn't want to train. He's not asked. He's being a prick. Damari Gray's doing this, this, and this. We'll get rid of him then. That makes our squad weaker, guys. So they're, we're, they're, we're reacting the exact way the club wants us to react. So they go, oh, it's not our fault that we didn't do what we were supposed to strengthen this squad. We're losing another player who I'm sorry, you may say he's only average at best, but he's still an asset. He was still an asset to us. Right? Yeah. So, oh, I had to get with that. Yeah, I would, yeah. I think it, there's two shards to the argument, Ian, and, and the book ballad. Yeah. But I think there will be a lot of people out there who are like, finally, haven't have woken up to these players, get them out the door. And I can understand that that argument as well. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with what Melinda said. I don't, I'm the, probably with Dice's style. But I also don't think, A, it's Dice's style to say to somebody, I don't respect you. And I also don't think it's Dice's style to come out and say something that isn't true. So if Dice comes out and says, the players come to me and said, I've got to move, I'm going, I'm not coming to training, I believe Sean Dice, you know, that might there might be that might be a condensed version of it. The, the course will be other factors to it, but I do believe in the main that obviously what he's saying would be would be true. Yeah, that's what we've asked for honestly, and we've asked for the club to update us on stuff when they've come out, so we can't really knock them for it. He's done an interview there and you know, it might be uh, all scripted and whatever, but at least, you know, at least we know, don't we? At least he've actually come out and said what's happened from their point of view. We'll, we'll find out in the next few weeks. Tamara Gray will probably do an interview and we'll find out exactly from his point of view what, what's happened. I just I just find it shocking for Damari Gray to post something to say, you know, it's hard to work for someone who doesn't respect you for it to not be true. Like, you know, that that's a pretty bold thing to say. So, yeah, I'm with Paul. I mean, I'm really intrigued to see what happens in the next few weeks if he does come out and, and say actually kind of what's happened. Then again, 
it's Damari Gray's word against Sean Deitch's word, isn't it? Yeah. So it's just, we're never going to know really what went down. It, it, it It's crap, but it's just, it's just Everton, yeah, it's isn't just, it? Like it's by Everton. The way, by the way, while all this is going on, we've just bought a player for 1.7 million and sold him for a room of 10, which is something that, and now that's very on Everton, like so. That's really good business from an Everton point of view. Like, did we actually we'll, we'll, do something positive yeah. for our books? Yeah. Wow, no way. <laughs> yeah, Lewis Dobbin will come in in the Phillies boots now as well. So there's another uh, thing to look forward to. Here's hoping. There you look, saying Paul, that positive. look at me, I'm being positive. See, he's a, positive. He's a changed man from two hours ago now, isn't he? <laughs> But there's, there's, so there's no game this weekend, is there? We are on an international yes. break. Get in there. Um, thank what God. the fucking toffees? Feels like I'm Aldi, <laughs> 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 even though we'll probably still get beat. Um, but we've got a few injuries to come back. So we've got two weeks now before we, we see anyone. So we'll have like Donovan Calvert-Lewin. It'll be two weeks. I think he'll be ready for Arsenal. Uh, McNeil, obviously, we've seen in, in the squad. Harrison will be two weeks. I think when we signed him, we were sort of roundabouts after the international break. Yeah. We're going to sort of get him back into the team. Um, Gally, another one, who, again, another two weeks, fitter, stronger. And then you look at the players that sort of aren't injured. So you, the Betos, the, the Dan Jumas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Dan Jumas. You've done it now. You've done it now. <laughs> you the aren't injured. Oh, God. They'll fall off the bed tonight. God, fucking slip in the shower and everything. I'm being. They'll they'll stub a toe now. Yeah. I'm, not going out, I'm not going out Sky Sports now after this. <laughs> yeah. um, but that it it just it's a little bit more sharpness. I think they said didn't he, in his last press conference, the trying to arrange it uh, behind uh, behind closed doors friendly. Um, but what do you expect to see, Paul, when we come back? Do you expect it's hard to say that because it's two weeks and the years a lot of people, you know, we've got Pickford and a few players on international duty. But, but what are you hoping to see? Not what do you expect, what do you hope to see when we come back against Arsenal? I think it's not a bad game to come back to. I mean, Arsenal are beyond City, they're the second best team in the league, aren't they? Let's be honest, they are. So we won't expect to have a lot of the ball and stuff like that. And I think that's probably where Everton might be at the best. Seen. Probably our best, one of our best performances, apart from Brighton, was against Arsenal at home, wasn't it? We looked mm-hmm. brilliant under Sean Dyche there, and I think that's the type of game that'll suit us. So what I'm expect, what I'm hoping for is this a similar type of performance. I don't think the kickoff time has helped anyone. Like they've moved, they've moved yeah. the fixture last minute, haven't they? I think that's a bit of a shit one. Like, but yeah, I'm just hoping for um, hopefully two weeks altogether. I don't think many of them have gone away in international duty. Uh, get some players back fit and have a proper way of playing and score some goals. So that's what I'm hoping for anyway. Yeah, but Andy, is this familiar in any way? But is this the perfect time for an international break to come for Everton? You know, do you think Sean, Sean Dyson will be sort of rubbing his hands together, or do you think he'll be thinking, oh, I wanted to get back into that Arsenal game? No, I think I think it has come at a good time. I think, as we touched upon there, you know, I think he will, will want to get some more minutes, training minutes into the legs of, you know, Beto and Dan Jumeru were playing, but also other players coming back. It can work with new players tactically as well. Um, and, you know, he's got, t- you know, Arsenal's a team that you, you want to have a, a good game plan for, so they've got plenty of time to work on that. Arsenal have a lot more players that are away on international duty than we have, so they'll have a, a short turnaround in terms of implementing what they want to do. 
uh, and just expanded on what Paul said. Fuck you, Rupert Murdoch, and fuck you, Sky Sports, because a 5.30 kickoff after no football for two weeks when we've, we've still got that new season appetite as well, Goodison would have been absolutely bouncing. Brilliant. Instead, well, now yeah. we've got a drab four o'clock on a Sunday rather than 5.30 on a Saturday. So, and that's yeah. all for Newcastle as well, by the way, just to accommodate Newcastle. It's not yeah, Newcastle's fault, by the way. But Newcastle no. playing on the Tuesday night. I think they're playing AC Milan or someone like that. No, they can piss off as well. Like, yeah, Yeah, screw the Jordans. Yeah, 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 I don't care, mate. (laughs) They've taken away an hour five Saturday kickoff. I mean, I I, I know because, you know, I've got people touching me on Twitter saying that from America and stuff like that, saying they paid for flights for the Saturday and they fly back home on the Sunday and they can't get the money back for the flights and they can't get the money back for the hotel. So they're coming to Liverpool to not watch a game of football now. I mean, ultimately, yeah. but ultimately, it's still Sky Sports. I mean, I know what you're saying with Newcastle is because they're swapping the fixtures around because Newcastle are, are playing on the Tuesday, so they're moving it from the Sunday to the um, the Saturday. But even with that, they could just they could pick another game to show on TV that, yeah. on the Saturday, move the Newcastle game to the Sunday, not have it on TV and keep Everton out all the same. So it's still the broadcasters. Like, Arsenal, the now. I mean, that was like one 0 to Everton going into that R five Saturday night. Everyone pissed up, everyone rowdy, everybody waiting to go. Now it's a case of you go to match on Sunday and like in Melinda's case, you're like, I've got work in the morning. Yeah. Can't really, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it's it dampens it. It does. Might sound stupid, but it does. Yeah, of no, it does. no pints for I, me and that's just crap. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what the record is, but I just, I feel in my bones Everton do pretty well at R5 Saturday kickoffs and do shite at 4pm Sunday kickoffs. I could be wrong, but that's just a feeling in my soul that I have. Yeah, possibly it wouldn't surprise me. Um, Belinda, so I'm going to ask you first, and then I'll get you the, the the lads' opinion, the, the lads' answers. I'm going to give you everybody's fit, so there's not an injury in the team. Imagine. Oh um, my days! No tactics board. Still no tactics board. Oh, it's up no in my it's in my closet. Should have got oh, it. Mate. Oh Watson. God! Who plays against Arsenal? Oh my God! Oh my! If you were to play Arsenal tomorrow and there's no injuries, you want me to go 11? first, Belinda? Because I know what mine would be. Okay, honestly, you know what? Do you want to go first? Because I, I, I am gonna. <laughs> okay, you all know me to like count with my fingers, uh, and because I'm an incompetent child, so just I'll try. I'll, I'll try. I'll try and go slow to give you some time to put it I'm together. Gonna, so. I'm gonna type mine out. Hang on, here we go. So it, it, in goal, England's number one. Jordan Pickford. Um, number one. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Patterson. Sorry. A couple of really good performances for Scotland. He's going to come back full of confidence. So I'm happy with him there. Jared Bramthwaite, James Tarkovsky. Um, pretty much because they're the only two centre-backs in the squad that I trust. Um, Left-back, I think Ashley Young. I think he's better than Mikolenko, even though he's not setting the world on fire at the moment. Then I'd go... Ghana, Gay, Decore, and Amadou Anana. I do apologise, James Garner's going to be on the bench. And then I go for a front three of Danjuma, McNeil, and Beto. Yeah, okay. That's what yeah, I'm Paul, going for. You want to go, Melinda? Are you ready? Or uh, you Paul to go? No, Paul, you go ahead because now I'm stuck. I on... Pickford, I'm, obviously, I uh, I still don't. I'm just not having Nathan Patterson. I'm sorry, I'm just not. Um, I I'd give James Garner a go right back for a bit personally. 
uh, Brantwaite, Tarkovsky, Ashley Young, Onana, Garnagay, Decore, and I would go Beto, Dan Juma, Calvert Lewin. Okay. I like I like Dwight McNeil by the way, but I'll just I'll give it a go that one. No, I thought mate, that's a strong bench because no no one's mentioned Harrison. And for oh, Harrison that's... to come off the bench would be uh, a boss yeah. player. I think you got we'll have to ease him in, won't we? I think he'll just about be ready. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Delhi Ali and uh, sorry, Delhi and, 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 and you know other players, Dobbin. Gomez. Ah, hair. Oh, that lovely hair. He's chopped it all off now, though, isn't he? He's in his, like, ah. summer phase. He's in Is his, he? like, summer little hairdo moment. Grows back, um, though, Melinda, don't worry. Grows back. I'll still, I'll still give him a cuddle. It's no problem. Yeah. I think that's when he started <laughs> becoming shit, when he let a thousand Evertonians hug him. Watch Everton touch it. Watch Everton touch yeah. it. You're nothing be the same. Exactly. Imagine <laughs> a thousand Evertonians touching <laughs> you. You're definitely fucked, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I'm. I, I don't. For anyone, I, sorry, but anyone can't see us. The concentration on Melinda's face here is unbelievable. <laughs> you forget so, that I'm on camera sometimes, and I'm like, hmm, she's so worried hmm. about what she's like, about I'm to like say. I'm like counting now. on my. I'm like, am I gone to eleven? You can actually see muscles in her face twitching. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously Pickford. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I did anyone say Coleman? He's not fit, you know. No, but he, oh, no. Jamie said everyone's fit. Everyone's fit. Oh, no you, injury. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Coleman. So I would do. Yeah. So I would do Coleman. Um, obviously Brantwaite, Tarkovsky, and then Young. Um, same midfield, but the the top, the front. I'm like struggling with that because I don't know. I think I think I would do. I, I think I would do, McNeil, Beto, and Dan Juma, and then I think I would probably bring DCL and Harrison on. Well, that's so he's yeah, I, I think I would do that. I think she's yeah. had the same three in midfield that we did. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I would keep. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not definitely not going to drop Decore. Absolutely not. Garnagay, you no, know, he's he's been he's been on form, and I think no, we can't afford to drop Onana. So yeah, I think Garner's on the bench. Um, and yeah, I was just struggling with the with the front three. I just I, but yeah, I think Denjuma, Beto, and McNeil, and then I would probably bring DCL on. And maybe Harrison as well mid game, but well, I think that's fully fit. And no, I'd eat get to my team every week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Coleman. I was like Coleman all day, all yeah. day. What about you, uh, Jamie? Um, yeah, pretty much the same as you, Melinda. Yeah, Coleman. But if Coleman wasn't fit, um, I know I said everyone is, but he's a long way away. Um, oh, I don't remember. I would go James. Gar- <laughs> I would go James Garner. Uh, just right. purely for the fact that. I just take Nathan Patterson out of the firing line for a bit. Let yeah. him to get his confidence back on the training pitch. Now people go, well, you can only get confidence back, but this kid can't do anything right. I know we've got the assist against Sheffield United, but he just looks cheeky. Wonderful delivery, though. That I'll... Oh, no, it was, was yeah. I'm not taking anything away from him, but what I mean is... He miskicked it. What I more mean is you've got to you're gonna have a Martinelli and Saka run at him. Do you know what I mean? So let yeah. I think people might go, well, James Garner's not we haven't seen what he can do defensively. We have. He, you know, he's, he's he's a good little defender. So um uh, yeah, probably the same as yours, Melinda. The front yeah. three would be McNeil, Beto and Danjuma. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think we can afford to 
break those two up at, at the moment. I think we need to keep that going. Yeah, you've got to, haven't you? Them two, I think Beto, Danjuma and McNeil. I'd, I'd be interested to see how McNeil plays with Danjuma. Yeah. Beto, sorry. You know, whipping them balls in that he was at Burnley. Yeah. That big bullet out of that dude doing against Doncaster Rovers. <laughs> oh, she's still shaking. Yeah. Literally. And Beto might love playing with him. Beto might just look at him and go, I know where this is going. Yeah. You So I, I'm hoping we see a, a lot of that and Harrison as well. I think people he's sort of the forgotten man, forgotten man, isn't he? And when he comes in, we better Delhi. When he comes in, we all be like, "Well, where's this kid come from?" So, yeah. you know, we, we I don't think we can be too down too fast. But I don't understand. Obviously, we are four games in and one point. I never thought I'd be sitting here though, having trouble to pick up up front. <laughs> like with a nice but I'm like, nice oh my god! Game. Like we have so many options, and I'm like. What's going on right now? Am I in the Matrix? Like, what's happening? This is not real. Like, the glitch, very... the glitch yeah. in the Matrix. Big glitch. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let, let's not get carried away. Let's not jinx it. There's still yeah, time for injuries in trades. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, well thanks very much, you three, for joining me on this one. Um, I know it's a lot to get through, obviously, because we've had the transfer window and the grey stuff and stuff like that and talk about Sheffield United. Um, but we will be on next week to do an Arsenal preview when we've all sort of got to start getting a little bit older every day and a little bit more shaky before Sunday afternoon. Paul, I'm looking at you for that. Nice one. Thanks very much. <laughs> but yeah, thanks very much, Tuesday, for joining me and uh, up the toffees. Up the toffees. Up the toffees. Up the fucking toffees. Sports Social Podcast Network.